are here. Welcome, everyone, to the After Show Podcast. I am your co-host, Sadat the Gamer, and we have a very special guest. You usually see him eating deep dish <laughs> in your dreams. It is casual adventure. <laughs> You're in the deep dish. <laughs> Even though I did just eat pizza, I think that's just such a dish. clever line. <laughs> we got, uh, we got also. Uh, if you notice that uh, Jay Shockblast doesn't have three hundred and fifty toys behind him, <laughs> it's because he's on a boat. Coming live from the Titanic. Look, it's the ocean. <laughs> there you can see water. PS Five quality water. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Right there, he is on a boat, but he is taking a break from his wonderful, extremely expensive vacation out on a yacht in order to <laughs> in order to grace us with his presence. We appreciate you hanging out, Jay. We got a fun show. We're gonna we're gonna be talking uh, actor strike. We're gonna be reviewing uh, mid invasion. <laughs> we're gonna talk some uh, DC as well. We got uh, the chat. We're, we're live right now on both YouTube and Twitter. Twitter for the first time, so fingers crossed. Uh, everything goes well over there. Don't do not do anything weird, Elon, and we'll be good to go. What's up, Cap Tay, Eastwood, IDK Bro? We got you got Spider-Man is here as well. Nice, nice subs, comment, Cosmic Wolf. So I guess we're gonna I guess we should start off with the biggest story in entertainment right now, which is, of course, the Activision deal. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's all anyone's been talking about. Now, uh, we we will talk about that, but the big story is the this crazy actor strike. It's pretty much affecting most of entertainment. We've got already projects getting delayed. Uh, some of the Comic Con panels have been canceled. Some of the actors have pulled out. So it's getting pretty. It's getting pretty wild, and we're going to break down everything. Uh, first thing, uh, basically, the writers and the actors for the union are on strike because they couldn't work out a deal. Surprise, surprise. So as a result, work is shutting down. Now there are some. There are some exceptions. Uh, commercials video games so far those are good broadway is good but movies tv shut down comic con is already being affected because actors can't do press and they're also encouraging actors even if you're technically supposed to go not to go and so far we've had a couple of panels get disrupted uh deadpool 3 which people have been super hyped about because of that wolverine suit set photo that went live that looks like it's being delayed now because they had to shut down production due to the actor strike so that may 2024 that's going to be pushed back somewhat uh the big thing is going to be spider-man 2 that panel looks like it's still going but for now at least one of the actors that was supposed to be there doesn't look like they're going to be there so we'll we'll break down first what do you guys think overall of this actor strike. I had a whole tirade 
earlier on on my main channel where I kind of gave my thoughts about the whole thing. So as a as a money bag individual, Mr. Shockless, what is what is your take on, on the writer's strike from um, the perspective of you know someone with millions of dollars and lots of power? Yeah, <laughs> I wish. Uh, so it's a terrible situation for everybody all around. Streaming has really in a lot of ways damaged the way the industry works um, because it's not on the same level as getting syndicated. You know what I mean? Um, You know, the dream used to be hitting a hundred episodes, hitting syndication, and then you're going to get those residual checks and you're going to get, you know, money coming in your pocket, you know, quarterly, whatever, however often they send those checks out. And now uh, we've seen some of the people that have been involved. Like, it's it's funny, She-Hulk was just mentioned. The writer that did the, like, only good episode of She-Hulk uh, said his total residual check he's received so far for his work on this series was, like, I think it was either $396 or, like, yep. <laughs> $39.60, something like that. It's insane. And it used to be something like that, like, you know, you that wouldn't be like the total. That would be like what you would get, like, I don't know, for like a week, you know? Because, like, think of The Office, okay? The Office gets played over and over and over again. And a lot of those actors, you don't see them in a lot of other stuff. Like, you'll see a couple people pop up here and there in commercials lately. But, like, they're not, they're not, like big actors outside of like um you know jim halpert you know and rain wilson rain wilson and uh why am i blanking on jim's name how dare you uh, but we all, huh how dare i know you? he's from austin so uh anyway but like they're they're good and they're making their money on other projects but like everybody else like those residuals carry them you know uh yeah. so it's a pretty it's a pretty rough situation i mean but like the thing is is that you're like you want like i said this about the marvel projects because obviously the guy that has become public enemy number one right now is bob Iger from disney <laughs> yeah and so like he keeps criticizing like oh the marvel projects aren't making enough money they're not performing as well people are obviously getting tired of you know there's fatigue and whatever but that's not the issue the issue is you have an audience that doesn't want to pay for anything anyway and you're asking them to pay a monthly subscription fee and you're giving them content that is just people sitting at a table talking and that's what like secret invasion is 70 percent of the time as an example recently it's war Casual has no idea what just happened. I was lost for a second. I'm like, hold on. Yeah. Yeah, but like, it's like... <laughs> we added a soundboard. Yeah. Um, but like, what like what are you supposed to do with that, you know? Like, like there's only so much money to go around for... <laughs> there's only so much money to go around for $5 a month, you know what I mean? Um, so, so piggybacking I, it's, off... It's crazy. Yeah, piggybacking off of Jay... I, 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 I kind of see the middle ground in all of this where 
you know, especially after after Disney slash Marvel went went all in on the AI secret invasion um, intro. Oh, God. It's like they're big. They're they're pretty big on AI right now. <laughs> yeah, if you're bold enough to do that, because and people gave them a pass for it, which was you know pretty surprising. But not, not Twitter. <laughs> I, I saw mixed reviews. It got worse. <laughs> I saw mixed reviews. But it's like you know, if if you'll do that for a full blown intro, which is a, a major introduction to your your series as a whole. I gotta believe you did that with writing or you're willing to do that when it comes to writing. And if you can do that, like if you're gonna get the same criticism as you would for something like She-Hulk where you actually pay people to write this stuff, <laughs> I, I understand looking at the trade off of, oh, let's just pay $10 for chat GPT and just you know, make our scripts that way. If, if it's gonna be bad anyway, we might as well get a discount on bad scripts. But um, looking at it from the perspective of you know writers and artists looking at what their peers were making 10 and 20 years ago like you're making like $25,000 residually from royalties on projects and now you bring home 400 like that's that's less than what you get at working at Walmart bro like you yeah. wrote a, a whole <laughs> show that was that was seen by millions of people and you you got a a Walmart check yeah, a lot of a lot of, a lot of actors. That's not late. was talking about like they couldn't even. They used to be able to just pay rent even when she was a struggling actor off of, off residuals from a commercial, <laughs> and and you know now you know L.A. and a lot of them live in L.A. It's a lot more expensive, and the, their money is getting fewer and fewer. And it's actually worse in terms of technology. There was actually a proposal reportedly from one of the studios where they wanted to pay the actors for one day of work. Yeah, I saw scan that. their scan their faces with AI, and then use them in perpetuity for no additional money, <laughs> just their likeness. That was literally a Black Mirror episode in the new season. <laughs> that that is one of the wildest proposals I've ever heard in my life. Like the fact that you actually slid that across the table as an offer is crazy. Yeah, the that's, fact that's that you literally insane. watched that uh, episode of Black Mirror was like, yeah, let's do that. That's the one. <laughs> Well, let's make let's make that a reality. Like what? <laughs> and it's like you know. The I don't people... think it's even a big deal to do that. Sorry, I need to jump in. No, on you go, you go. I don't even think that would be a big deal as long as you're paying them something every time you use their likeness. You know, and they're agreeing to it. You know, like mm -hmm. hey, we could use you a lot, and this is the fee that you would get to not even have to be there you know for us to like basically use you in the background every so often if you agree to it we'll pay you every time but no they had to go like the cheapest route possible yeah nothing <laughs> you get yeah. one day you get one day of you get you basically get paid to scan your face and then that's it <laughs> they they made on one of my offers a small one-time fee <laughs> literally a small one-time fee <laughs> get the get out get the fuck out <laughs> a lifetime of servitude uh, not, several lifetimes. It's forever in, perper in perpetuity. It will outlive them. When they're when they're dead, they'll be able, they'll be able to they'll be able to keep keep them going. Like <laughs> they could, they'll be able to have Mark Hamill in Star Wars movies forever <laughs> if, they, if they had their way with it. Well, yeah, it's like um, like I said, looking at you know using stuff like She Hulk, the writing you saw on that show, or you know you can go as far as Secret Invasion. Currently, it's like. It's, it's hard to argue with content like that that you deserve like top dollar or you should be paid 
thousands upon thousands of dollars. But if that's what the market is demanding, like if that's the market standard, you know, it's, it's not about quality. It's about, you know, just that's that's the going rate. And it's, it seems like the the top brass of Hollywood are trying to circumvent that. And like, hey, you know, we 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 really don't need to be paying and all this money out, especially in residuals for, you know, low quality work, essentially. And understandably so, you know, the people being affected by that, you know, the most are going to be the loudest about it. Um, I've seen some interesting takes from people on the outside, mostly people like, oh, well, this is millionaires arguing with millionaires. So, you know, it, it ultimately <laughs> doesn't matter. But it's like, bro, if you if you could pay, you know, like you could support your family off of your writing ability, and you went from looking at thousands to you know hundreds in terms of compensation. It's like yeah, you who, who wouldn't make a fuss about that? And I these would, labor and these labor disputes are never between just millionaires and 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 millionaires or billionaires. In this, in the case of a lot of studios, like a lot of these, a lot of these artists are not anywhere near that. Yeah, <laughs> like a lot of these people are just getting started or trying to you know work their way up. But it's like you were able to at least live off of that a little bit <laughs> back yeah. back in the day entry level writing but it's like now even even some of the the best writers are struggling like those rates are dropping off immensely and streaming has changed the name of the game essentially and yeah, it's like it's it's a tough situation hopefully they can find a middle ground but it's like honestly i hope the the, the strike isn't like just unending but they kind of do need to take a break from from what they cranking out in Hollywood, especially over at Disney and DC is like, pause, take this time to rethink your strategy and figure out what it is you're doing, because neither one of you have been doing a really good job of anything in the past few years. And it's like, what, what can we do better going forward? Because money is getting tight, obviously. And, you know, something you, you can't keep doing the same thing. My enemies call me no more. 100% agree, Uncle Casual, because this is this this is pretty much what I what I uh, was talking about earlier. It's like you can you can see the argument from both sides, but the problem is that we know the studios are coming from perspective of they just want the most money while paying the least. Like it's not it's not about. Oh yes, technically they're losing money on these projects. Yeah, a lot of people are complaining about the quality of the writing. They're not there. Disney has been it's been a bloodbath for Disney. Like they've lost literally billions of dollars off Disney Plus. They've lost they've been hemorrhaging subscribers. Their movies have been flopping. Warner's having the same issue. But they're talking about mm -hmm. selling off ABC and yeah. ESPN. But the, at the end of the day, they hired those the, the people to do the things. Like I understand how you're going to sit at the negotiation table and say, "Yeah, I mean, all these projects aren't making money, so sucks for you." But like, you hired the people who are responsible for the projects not making money, especially when fans were telling you, "Hey, we don't like this. Don't do that," and you did it anyway. And now you're trying to punish the artist that you hired, that you that you gave directions to, that you empowered to do all this stuff. No, it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. 
take take some responsibility. <laughs> yeah, that's what makes it funny that you know they're moving away from low quality writers towards AI, which is going to be probably infinitely worse. I mean, and it's to like be, to be fair. Doing? To be fair, the so far visually, yeah, the the intro to Secret Invasion, perfect, but <laughs> but. As someone who has tested ChatGPT's uh, writing ability, uh, the latest one can confirm definitely can produce better quality scripts than most of what I've seen on Disney Plus. <laughs> if you know the right, if you know the right prompts, I'll that's, that's the kicker. <laughs> if you know the right prompts, so if you just type in you know woke Hollywood <laughs> nonsense, <laughs> that's what you're gonna get. True, but if you do know what you're doing, you can get some. Some quality stuff. I, I've I've fooled uh, friends by saying by showing them some stuff from ChatGPT. Say, hey, what do you think of this? And like, oh man, that's so good. What is that from? I was like, oh, that's from AI. You know, <laughs> you know, so the the technology is there right now. So that's why I think this is going to kind of end in a bloodbath, some one way or another. Like either this is going to drag on and it's going to you know cause a lot of issues, but ultimately they're going to settle on a bad deal or they're going to quickly realize they have zero leverage and they're going to take a horrible deal. <laughs> I, I, like, I don't, I don't see how the graders are going to come out on top of this one. Yeah. I mean, Jay Shock Blast, you know, he's firmly in, in the I corner of the studio. I kind of trust chat GPT. You kind of trust. I, I, let's be fair though. I kind of trust, uh, trust chat GPT at this point to uh to write a better script than some of these these hollywood writers like at least they would study the source material and pump out a script based on it technically true like i said i can't can i can't agree yeah we got you yeah your 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 uh your face is lagging a little bit yeah you froze for a second but i think you is, am i delayed or is there something he might be he actually might be delayed Sorry, he's on. He's on. He's literally on. Wi-Fi on a boat. He's literally on a boat right now. So we're middle of the ocean. We're, we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna do our best. But yeah, yeah, Jay, yeah, Jay, yeah, Jay's right. There's definitely AI. AI isn't going away. Like Netflix already created a, a AI anime completely AI gen AI generated, and it was terrible. But it's not always going to be terrible <laughs> and you and just that they were bold enough to do that so early means that you know that's exactly the direction they're trying to take this they ideally they want to have a situation where they don't have to pay any actors they can just generate the likeness with a with ai they don't have to pay any writers they can just have the ai generate all the scripts you have plug no, no don't even need camera people you plug you you, you do the the text to video you you type in the scene you do you do everything ideally they want to automate this entire process they could they would cut out every creative if they could get away with it so that's going to be the i think that's really going to be key like obviously they want to secure those residuals but i mean you can't really get residuals off money that doesn't exist so I think they should really try to hammer in some protections against AI because I think that's going to be the big thing. Like at the end of the day, they're not going to if there's no money to give them because they're literally hemorrhaging money from these failed projects. 
the residual thing is they're just not going to get anywhere. But if they can, at the very least, hold off on the technology stuff and maybe ideally get some accountability with, with Hollywood so that they're not going over budget, they're not doing all these ridiculous reshoots, then then maybe the, the Cravens can get something going. But it's, 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 uh, it's, it's going to be brutal. I'll, I'll tell you what, I can't wait for Bob Iger to to blame uh, the Marvel, um, what is it, uh, fatigue on uh, Echo Superhero. bombing. Superhero fatigue. Like, that's, that's such a... Yeah, on, when Echo bombs, <laughs> uh, it's fatigue. obviously going to be superhero fatigue. Because yeah. they chose freaking Echo. Even though that same fatigue magically went away when Guardians of Three, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Three came out and Across the Spider-Verse came out. <laughs> it's like a switch. You get a good filmmaker selective. with good writers. <laughs> selective fatigue. Yeah, when you watch any yeah. Ant-Man and Shazam too, you definitely feel the fatigue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely felt a little tired <laughs> when, when I was. When I was uh when I was uh watching uh Ant Man three on my pirate ship. <laughs> you know, I was uh, I, I I definitely took a I definitely took a couple of breaks and uh took a nap in the cabin <laughs> before I, before I, before I finished it. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's the thing that's my whole point though about it is like you're expecting people to spend the highest ticket prices we've ever had to pay for a movie. And you're expecting people to pay these monthly subscription services when they've already proven over the last two decades they don't want to pay for shit. Okay, Very they want to they want to ride the pirate ship, and like you're trying to convince them to like not do that. And and for the most part, when it's quality stuff, people will do just that. They'll pay for it. Yeah. But like when you keep yeah. pumping out the wrong thing, you keep changing the characters. Uh, from what we know and love, like that's gonna happen. Like people are gonna get tired of it. Yeah, I think it's a combination of cutting corners when it comes to production quality in terms of writing, like just the type of people you're going after as writers. So, oh, we don't want anybody who's familiar with the material. I, I think that's a bad precedent to set with comic books specifically because your fan base is built of some of the most passionate people of that material and they're just looking for a live action representation of that medium and you're like oh we're going to give you something completely different that doesn't even reflect what you're <laughs> hoping for and, and somehow we hope you're, you're okay not, with that and, and not even that it's like there's a reason that that material resonates with so many people like if you're going to if you're going to change the material you're supposed to elevate it and make it better for that specific medium like iron man was great because it paid respect to the source material but it also elevated it by making tony stark a much better character because of robert downey jr and their and the writing and their take on that that's that was like the perfect example of how the blend the blend the two worlds respect the source material and make changes for the big screen to not only reflect the the difference between the comics and the live action but just to make it better instead of just being like oh well we're not going to look at it at all because we don't we don't need that we we know what we're doing over here <laughs> it's like no you don't <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's so weird and then to turn around and criticize you know the 
the, the show itself, like you didn't contribute to this finished product being you know, pretty much half-assed. It's like, that's crazy. But it also shows we don't want to take accountability for our bad choices to secure our, you know, he just got a, a promotion or a raise or whatever. So it's like Bob Iger is, is chilling at the top while bad decisions are being made all around. Who we just touch? passing the blame. <laughs> like, hey, let everybody else catch the heat for that. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, like something like Secret Invasion should should have been like an event, essentially. It, that should have dr driven subscriptions immensely because it, it was a, it should have been like an event, which I feel like um, WandaVision was. Uh, WandaVision, I believe, brought in a ton of subscribers. You like you just can't land these shows. And it's like at this point, it just feels like you don't even try from the get go. It's like the whole show just feels like a flat line series after series after series like she hulk drove a lot of controversial takes and and you know input and everything week to week so it's like at least it had that going for it but it's not a good show it's not something people are signing up to watch over and over again or re revisit or hey you should check this out people are hate watching it and criticizing it and using that for clicks and it's like like what are you doing like what is the vision over there because right now it's terrible like I was laughing, you know, during the, the Secret Invasion, you know, I was like episode three when they're alluding to the Earth's heroes doing something. It's like those people aren't showing up in this, bro. Like nobody's showing up. In this. We know y'all got the budget for that. It's <laughs> like, hey, let's, let's do um, Winter Captain America Winter Soldier, but here's ten dollars. And it's like, bro, what, is, what are you doing? Yeah, and also we we directly hate the main character, <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna emphasize that <laughs> we're gonna emphasize bro. that in every in every episode. Well, here's the crazy thing, too, is that, like, a lot of these shows are just so dialogue-driven. And, like, that's... Those are those cutting corners that we're seeing where you're just going to have Nick Fury and uh, Rhodey sit in a, a room and talk about it for 10 minutes. And it's like, okay, they're good actors. <laughs> um... But yeah, it, it, you're gonna just have them sit there and talk all along, and it's like, that's not what we're looking for, and that's not where it's it's, that's not what has made these successful, and it's great that you can do that and make some shows, but you have to make them interesting beyond just being 75% dialogue driven, and um, on another point though, we're actually you know we talk about like the source material and stuff like that and today it was actually announced i don't think i've ever seen this happen marvel announced the return of miss marvel um and she's coming back with the x-men and one of the writers the co-writers of the series is uh Villani, like the literal miss marvel actor from the show really? i don't think we've ever seen like one of the actors like right for the character. I mean, if anyone was going to do it, it would be a mine. Like she's literally. Am I breaking up? It, is little... this not working? No, you're, 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 you're good. good. You're good. Yeah, Villani, If any, if, there, if any actor was going to do it, it would, it would, it definitely makes sense. Like she is, she is Miss Marvel. She genuinely cares about the source material and Marvel and superhero stuff in general. She's always geeking out. So, I'm, I'm uh, all about that. I, I figured when they announced she was dead. That wasn't going to last very long, <laughs> as as these things tend not to at Marvel. Like that's why when they when they when I see a new storyline about 
this character died. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, how how many months are gonna they're gonna string this one along before they bring him back? I just, I don't, I can't get invested in comic book storylines at this point. Same, I'm a monster. Chaos, nonsense. I think what's happening (laughs) is there's a delay. So like when I say something, you get it after. Yeah. That that, that's Wi-Fi money could buy. (laughs) <laughs> in, the middle, in the middle of the ocean. Hey, I mean, you, you still alive. I, mean, I, so. I, I may have to drop out just for the betterment of the show. You know what I mean? It's, you're doing, you're doing yeah. all right, Jay. You're doing all right, Jay. But uh, yeah, I think, I think the, yeah, I think the bigger issue is that they need to. Up to you guys. Focus. You're fine. They, we can uh, focus on. They need to focus on the management aspect because the thing with, with the Marvel specifically is that. They, and this was, I think, one of the contributing factors to Victoria Alonso getting fired. They s- wasted so much money on reshoots and the VFX abuse for the VFX artists. A lot of that came down to mismanagement. Like, you should know by now how the production process works. You, you're supposed to have a script, go over the script, green light it start developing based on the script and and everything should work somewhat cohesively but instead they're just they're just like oh we're just going to completely change everything and keep having the vfx artists go back and forth and no we didn't we filmed that oh we're not going to do that well, now we're going to reshoot like if you have people who are actually managing the production that know what they're doing a lot of these problems wouldn't happen like you'd have the right directors you'd have the right writers you wouldn't be you wouldn't be needle needlessly micromanaging them and you wouldn't be wasting tens of hundreds of millions of dollars in some cases on reshoots <laughs> it's it's, a, it's it's ridiculous a lot of that is just self-inflicted on their part yeah it's just like like i said i don't i don't know what's going on with these you know major studios and the production side of things a lot of corners being cut and it's it's like we can't I'm not even going to tie it to Avengers, but it's, I was about to say it's... Why, why not? <laughs> like, we just can't identify the most obvious problems in the world, and we keep blaming it on other things and trying to fix other things. It's like, bro, it's so obvious. Like, look at look at your past. Look at your, you know, prior projects that did successful. So, WandaVision, Loki, Falcon and the Winter Soldier all started off strong ramped up as they went and then kind of teetered off towards the last few episodes because you did more setup than you could possibly pay off in a, in a couple of episodes and it's like but at least you had our attention for a little bit at least you yeah. had some engagement and you know something to look forward to week to week and then it's like from there it's just what what else do we got and it's like you know um moon knight in my opinion had like one good episode um, hawkeye <laughs> I thought I had a couple. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's not a terrible show, you know, anything like that. But it's like, bro, this this is a Disney Marvel show. Like, you can like something. It's, it's kind of like- it's kind of, me- it's kind of messing up what my my takes on the Marvel stuff because it's like after watching Secret Invasion, it's making me reevaluate some of the other Disney Plus stuff because I'm like. I mean, I thought I thought these were bad, but holy, <laughs> now this, now this is bad. <laughs> it's like you know, I feel like our opinions of those shows, like, is is not 
strong enough to be popular either either way so it's like i don't love this stuff i'm not shilling for this stuff but i don't hate it i'm not like oh this is woke nonsense or you know <laughs> go woke go broke or anything like that so it's like yeah. my opinion is just like this this just isn't good good content you're putting out it's not, and it's not. that's not exciting but that's just honestly how i feel about it and at the very least with some of the other stuff like it, it, you could at least generate controversy because you know you're kind of baiting the culture war there's yeah. nothing even controversial I'll see creation. It's just sucks. It's just boring. It's, yeah, bro. It's like how how did one division have better, you know, mystery and mystique about what's going on or who did what or who you get what I'm saying? Then secret invasion. When that's literally the point of the show. Like that's your biggest gimmick. And you've been the worst at executing that out of all these shows. The biggest I, twist we knew in like episode one. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's it's just disappointing. It's like maybe maybe my standards for this this stuff is a little too high because i've seen people say they've been enjoying it they were blown away by the twist and stuff like that and it's like more power to you but you know honestly i'm, I'm like the biggest response i've had to anything in any of those episodes was um you know just laughing at roadie when him and nick fury was talking for the second time and he was you know nick fury was like yeah so i decided to drop by and he was like no you broke in yeah. <laughs> he, he broke it to my bro. It's like that was the, literally the funniest thing I've seen, I, man. But I, it's I, like, I, I laugh every time he calls him brother. <laughs> brother. brother. <laughs> I don't know who did the writing for those scenes, but it's like I that's the reason people getting four hundred dollar checks out. Of <laughs> 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 that kind of writing is the reason. Uh, yeah, it's like, like you, you, didn't, know, you didn't appreciate Nick Fury talking about uh, fried chicken and deviled eggs on the train. <laughs> It's like they he went from Nick Fury to Shaft. It's like somebody told him just do Shaft or something because it's like, bro, what version of Nick Fury is this? Shaft had now, Shaft had charisma. Like, I, I remember the Samuel Jackson Shaft movie. Shaft, <laughs> Shaft was cool, <laughs> he was, he was, was a like bad, a bad impression of that, though. He was a bad mother, shut your mouth. I very, I very, I very much remember this guy, this Nick Fury. This is not Shaft, this is not Nick Fury. This is Samuel L. Jackson, 70-year-old man, <laughs> broken down. Oh, like the amount of hate they have for Samuel L. Jackson is crazy. Like me and Jay have been talking about it, but it the fact that they just took one episode just to say, hey, like it was bad enough that they retconned his eye patch story to just be, oh, he got scratched by a cat. Like, okay, that's that's annoying, but but at least we thought, okay, well, he's still Nick Fury. But to find out that, oh no, every single accomplishment he's ever had is because of the scroll. And he's just, he's basically just a glorified desk clerk. Like Nick Fury really is a is basically useless. Like, come on, like they flat out came out and said it. If it wasn't if the scroll hadn't landed on earth in the 90s nick fury would just be wasting away at a desk <laughs> not do not doing anything with his life that's crazy yeah and it's it's like <clears throat> that's, that's that's marvel and the, and the, the new episode we, we might as well get into the new episode too because <laughs> the, this this was a perfect example of the lack of attention to detail and why I genuinely am shocked and just confused more so 
when people are saying they're enjoying it, they're writing so good. Like, what are you watching? Are we watching the same show? Are you watching the animated Secret Invasion? Like, what are, what are you? Are we watching the same show? Like, the big twist at the end of of yes of last week's was that uh, Daenerys got got shot, and oh no, you know she's dead. But the the big surprise is that oh no, actually she's alive because. She, she made herself a super scroll but you know i you know i could tell what happened it was it was either a reshoot which i think it was or either way it was terrible it was bad writing editing but i think it was because of originally because of a reshoot i think they originally killed her off and then they did they did they came in for reshoots and was like okay we actually want to bring her back so let's just tie it up together because the the beginning of this episode doesn't match the end of last episode because and it doesn't make sense on I, like I'll, I'll break it down exactly because there's multiple ways they messed up this scene so first off in the last episode we saw her, all her all of her actions were accounted for she got the call from her father told who told her said we need the code she goes to the guards she distract she distracts them uses a gun takes them out goes in activates the the code to break in goes through the rack of of humans that the scrolls are keeping finds the general goes through his memories because remember they're on a clock so that she has very limited time here they're on a timer she finds the memory call calls them back tells them what the tells him what the memory is he tells her to get out of there she immediately she immediately leaves gets on her motorcycle boom takes off in the woods goes get shot now in the in the retcon new episode apparently at some point during all during that limited time she actually after doing all of that she also found found a scientist who knew how to make super scrolls went through her memories figured it out put herself in the chamber <laughs> made herself a super scroll then left except not only did she not do that but why was that lady there the, 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 there was no reason for that lady to be there either she was a scroll in which case why would they have a scroll there that that room is for extracting memories from humans or if it was a human who's experimenting and on super skulls, why would they lock her up? Like they they should be working together. Like there was no reason for her to be in the room, but they needed her to get the extremists to become the super scroll so that they could make her immortal. So they just had to come up with a reason for someone who just so happened to have all the technology and knowledge <laughs> to, to be in that room. And then they just added on, oh yeah, even though it doesn't make sense time-wise, at some point she happened to find this lady who had all the magic info to be a super scroll and she turned herself into a super scroll. That's why she was able to survive the shot and be immortal. It's complete, it's this lack of attention to detail. <laughs> I was about to say, like you spent more time thinking and questioning that one scene than I believe anybody <laughs> spent on anything <laughs> in the show <laughs> in, in total. It's, it's like it's, it's laughably bad bro like as soon as that episode started and i saw them 
first of all, I didn't care that she got shot. No one in this show who has gotten shot or killed have <laughs> I cared. Like, I just genuinely just, it, it happened, all right. And we just pushed forward. But it's like, I just don't care. And it's like, when you see her getting up off the ground at the start of episode four, it's like, of course. When they show you in the in the trailers that she's going to that she's going to be around for later scenes in the show, and it's like that's whoops. You get what I'm saying? It's like I didn't even watch I didn't even watch the trailers. I was just like, yeah, this I feel nothing here. <laughs> it's like it's just it's it's like stuff like that takes away the the steam out of your whatever you do in those shows because we know Nick Fury is going to be fine because he is going to be in the Marvels later this year. So there are no stakes for Nick Fury. Like it's, there's nothing you're going to do with his character in the show that's going to be surprising or going to have these long standing ramifications beyond this show because he's going to be clowning with Ms. Marvel in a couple months. Well, to be, like, to be fair, they are extremely vague and contradictory about the timeline. <laughs> so I've, 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 we've looked it up before. And there is actually no definitive answer on whether or not Secret Invasion takes place before or after <laughs> the events of the Marvels. Where they refuse to give like actual clarity. <laughs> it's kind of and it's kind of vague. Like there's evidence that it does take place after, but it also could take place before. Because because <laughs> it because it's weird. Like it. We, we we're go, just going by off the Marvel's trailer. Yeah, Nick Fury looks, you know, like he doesn't look old and beaten down and decrepit, but that could also just be him shaving <laughs> and just call it a day. And the space station, we don't know. If, we don't know if it was like the current space station or if it's like, like it, it's very unclear exactly how any of this is is connected but they're being i think they're being intentionally vague about it that's yeah, just like i i'm really hoping that you know they can manage to wow in some capacity in these last two episodes because honestly the first four episodes just i like I, i've been hearing a lot of praise for gravic as a villain and it's like this he's the he's literally the worst villain they've ever had i wouldn't even call him the worst but it's like it, he's doing terrible. like i i get your motivation I understand why you're doing what you're doing, but it's like that's that's about it. It's like you you're pretty straightforward. Like you don't have your mission isn't as compelling as something from or um, similar to um Killgrave, not Killgrave, um Killmonger, Killmonger. And it's like you know you're you're just not that compelling of a villain. Like you're not even hiding your hand. We literally watch every move you're about to make be discussed thoroughly on screen so it's like you're not even having the audience guessing about what's going on because we we have a whole seminar about what graphic is going to do next and we're in the prep meetings with it and his performances and his performances like i think i remember seeing this actor before i remember him being decent i don't know why he's so bad at acting in the show because i remember him being good but he's like either overacting or underacting in every scene and it's it's really weird to watch and they also and it's not like they gave him a lot to work with because the problem is they painted this show as they actually said this you know there are no bad guys you know this it's all shades of gray and it's like yeah on the one hand you have nick fury who's trying to save the world on the other hand you have you have a dude that wants to exterminate all humans because 
Nick Fury broke a promise that he made when he was 10. <laughs> like, there's no shit. This is, this is very much bad. There are very much bad guys here. There's, it's not gray. It's black and white. He's evil. They're not. <laughs> it's like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's no mystery in the show that's supposed to have some of the biggest mysteries in it. Some of the biggest reveals. Like, honestly, this was a perfect opportunity to, for them to kind of fold over a lot of those um, characters from like um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. They're ground level characters. They work perfectly in this kind of setting. So, you know, Coulson bringing Coulson back, um, Quake, people like yep. that is like, they're literally built for that. These are the only people that Nick Fury can trust, which he only can trust a handful of people given the nature of the situation. And that opens itself or lends itself for major reveals. So you could have had Coulson be the person who kills um, Maria Hill. And that shocks the audience because at no point did we suspect that it was Coulson because nothing was shown to suggest that he's up to dirt or something like that. Like the start of the show, um, the little conspiracy theorist agent and um, what's the guy name um, from from the Black Panther movies? Um, damn, I forgot his name. What, uh, the, what the the CIA agent? Yeah, yeah. What's his name? Everett Ross. That's that's Ross. his name. So it's like the second I saw this dude, I'm like, didn't he get arrested at the end of um or during Wakanda Forever? It's like. So that's not him. So it's like you right off the bat, I know this is nonsense. And then this person who's super paranoid about, you know, the scroll, you know, invading and all this stuff. You didn't even check this dude. You just not, let him in your house and told him all of the secrets. There's not a single scene in this entire show so far where anyone tests to see if they're talking to a scroll. Right. Not a one. <laughs> Everyone just assumes they're talking to who they're talking to. Not a single moment. There's no secret. Crazy. No secret password. No nothing. Then it's like, oh, I'm talking to you. I'm just gonna assume I'm not talking to a scroll. Like, bro. <laughs> like, not watching, not reading the comics beforehand. I get it. You have, at the very least should have watched like Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes because Doctor Doctor Doom was given a clinic <laughs> on how to deal with the scroll. <laughs> it's like, bro, like. How how are cartoons doing a much better job than a multi-million dollar, you know, Disney Plus show? It's crazy. And like I said, for the people who are enjoying it, I I, I genuinely hope you get everything you want and more from this series. Um, the roadie revelation that like again, I just I just don't care. I'm not invested in any of this. And None feel, of this feels feel like, like it's affecting anything. I feel like it was obvious that Rhodey was a scrub <laughs> from the first episode. From the very beginning, anyway. So it's like, yeah, that's yeah, that wasn't much of a reveal. Yeah, of course, Rhodey's a scrub. <laughs> what else would? Why else would he be acting like this? <laughs> it's like they make everything super. Like you're you're foreshadowing everything and you're telegraphing everything to the point of being blatantly obvious. And it's like this is supposed to have mystery. And it's supposed to be guessing. Yes, and the story inherently makes no sense. Like their motivation is nonsense. Why why would they be so mad about first of all, why would they not be able to find a planet? Why is Cap why did Captain Marvel just basically waste 30 years and no one's bringing that up? Why did why wouldn't they just settle on Earth and like the Asgardians did? Like it and even then their plan doesn't make any sense because 
they're going to trick the world into thinking that they're fighting each other like everyone should already know their scrolls like the british the british know the u.s government knows they're they're trying to make it seem like Rhodey was literally the only person in the in the u.s government that knew about the scroll and because he's not telling the president no one up like no the british we know the british know we know the russian know russians know there shouldn't be any threat for world war three because everyone should know the scrolls and if there's like a million scroll on the planet at some point someone one of them should have died and turned back <laughs> to just go there's zero there's zero chance that people don't know like it the, this this whole thing makes no sense they apparently they've been there since the 90s and they didn't read anyone in they didn't consider hey these are shape-shifting aliens that could be an issue <laughs> let, let, yeah, it's like uh, you you could have had conflict between nick fury and maria hill about that so she wants to you know go she wants to bring the rest of the team in on this so she wants to tell you know um cia and the president and all these other agencies about the scroll the scrolls presence on the planet because now they're posing themselves as a threat and nick fury is like oh no nah, nah, let's wait let me figure it out and she's like no nah, i want to do it by the book and again that's a source of conflict this this show doesn't really have anything it doesn't have any real con con conflicting sides or drama we know it where everybody stands we know who the scroll are we know who isn't a scroll it's like you know when you know um graphic took on nick nick fury's shape and shot um maria hill is like that's not a surprise we know nick fury didn't do that you know what obviously so, <laughs> what is what did we do <laughs> what did what did this do for us and no they didn't even bother to come up with any scroll countermeasures like this is supposed to be nick fury super spy like, like he's got he's 10 steps ahead he's got moves and backup plans for backup plans and backup plans he didn't come up with a single contingency plan just in case the scroll went dark on him like the, yeah, the, or... the, the guard the guardians the guardians of the galaxy literally are walking around on planets where they're giving out scroll detectors as souvenirs <laughs> like, like you couldn't you didn't even try to think about just a what if <laughs> it's like it's you you could have had talos played a long time with him so it's like i'm your closest friend the one person you really like get close to you and that's what costs you you get what i'm yeah. saying like something give me something because it's like okay him and talos they're cool i get it but i gotta believe you're doing something with that oh no that's he's gonna be sad because talos died i'm like bro like in a, in a world where iron man died like come on like, all right <laughs> okay but it's it's just i i just don't understand why they put so little effort and thought into such a big project it's like this miss marvel i get it you know echo and she hulk i get it secret invasion was your opportunity to kind of right the ship and and regain interest in your your projects and it's like you 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 squandered this grossly yeah, like completely bro, like secret invasion is a huge uh, people don't realize that 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 aren't familiar to comics people don't realize how big a deal secret invasion was supposed to be like this should have been like a if they were going to not make this a movie this should have been like a stranger things level production <laughs> like this should this should have been a huge huge deal this should have been set up across multiple 
different MCU projects, and it should have. And this this show should have been epic. It should have had actual cameos from 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 big heroes and like. There's so much they could have done with the storyline, and the fact that it's basically <laughs> Nick Fury by <laughs> being just being old for six episodes is like what a waste. And it's like, you know, if you <clears throat> you're strictly looking at ground level heroes, like you can you can put enough budget into a, a Captain Marvel episode because it's like the the scroll makeup and stuff. I know you're probably paying a lot of money to have those people, you know, transform and walk around on set with the the visual effects and everything. But it's like it feels like like it feels like Halloween Town or something like this. Doesn't feel like a disney plus production this feels like something from channel seven or channel nine or something like that and it's like why why did we skip so many basic steps in this production process to make this a hit and it's like i'm not surprised like i said the the writer strike and the actor strike coming right on on the heels of this is like bro look at what's going on it's like it's a a tough sell now (laughs) it's it's bad on both sides bro (laughs) It looks rough. I I'll, I I still will lean on the side of the creatives because I know they're really good and talented creatives, and I know that you know the studios are awful <laughs> and are worse and are, are worse and are at the end of the day are the biggest source of the problem. But yeah, it's de- it's definitely tough. It's a definitely tough sell when there's so much mediocrity <laughs> being put out on a on a consistent basis. Yeah, they could have they could have introduced Jessica Drew, you know, as a as a character in any of these prior shows just to set up for Secret Invasion. Like one of the biggest characters in the story doesn't even exist in this universe. Nope. And it's like Nope, it's just Nick Fury, Gravic, Talos, and War. Regime. And I, I it's like when I when I when they showed that uh he's being impersonated by a female scroll, it's like okay, so I guess he's gonna be the Jessica Drew of this universe. And it's like that is such that's terrible, bro. If that's <laughs> if Rhodey turns out to be the scroll queen, it's like bro, go to bed. <laughs> just just go lay down. <laughs> that, that was that was a crazy that was a crazy jump scare. <laughs> when, when, when they had that sh- <laughs> when they had that when they had that when they had that shower scene, I was like, "Oh, what 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 is this?" <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, I rewatched the episode, um, the scene with Fury talking to his scroll wife. It's like I, I get you. I, I'll, I'll I'll give you that. Um, that was a, that was a that was a, probably the best scene out of all the scenes of two people talking to each other, of two people talking to each other in the show so far. It's like, but it's like even the way they handled the reveal that his wife is a scroll was clumsy because it's like you're trying to you know dress it up in a way like having the audience question if Nick Fury even knows his wife is a scroll. It's like it's Nick Fury, of course he knows his wife is yeah. a scroll. If he doesn't know his wife is a scroll, you've ruined his character completely because I mean, you don't understand how he works. To be fair, they clearly don't understand how his character works <laughs> or, or like him very much. They literally just told us that every accomplishment he's ever had is because of the scroll. <laughs> so it's, it's definitely this their version of Nick Fury. It's actually very believable that he could be living with a woman for 20 years and not know she's a scroll. I believe it. Yeah, because I, I just like it's 
it's rough watching this just knowing how far removed these characters are from what what you know them to be in a comic because i just watch it and i'm like nick fury from the comics would never uh old white man nick fury he none of this he's in a bunker somewhere nick, watching everything with shit. distrust <laughs> nick fury from avengers one would never <laughs> yeah it's like what are we doing what are we doing he he wouldn't come back to earth on a situation like this i don't know who i can trust everybody's a scroll unless he has some form a way to test who's scroll and who's not scroll you're not just gonna walk here first into a a chaotic situation like that like yeah, he, it just doesn't make sense they 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 for all these decades, they while they were not finding a planet for some reason, because Captain Marvel, what literally what has been Captain Marvel doing? But not at no point did he think, you know what? This is a pretty dangerous power that they have. Maybe I should figure out at least a way for us to be able to detect the scroll just in, just in case. But not not a single not a single incident. Not you you know aliens. You you could have had a conversation <laughs> with actual aliens. You, you know someone who flies and knows aliens. You're going to be like, hey, by the way, hey, Captain Marvel, do you, on your travels, did you figure out any, say, countermeasures against Scroll? Do you know anyone? Hey, you know the, oh, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Do you, do you know any, can you ask the Guardians about the Scroll? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know? in, in the meantime, you could have gave them an island. We got islands all over the place. Like, Everywhere. Here, here's, here's Scroll Island. Sit here while we figure some stuff out. The Asgardians came right down and set up shop and like, had no qualms, no problems. So yeah, they it got, like, it's a tourist trap. <laughs> like they, they, <laughs> people go visit Asgard for vacation. Bro, it is it's just like why? Why is why did this show have to be so bad? It's crazy. And like I said, we we gotta ride it out at this point. Like we only got two episodes left, so it is Jesus. what it's gonna be. But two, two two very long episodes, and, it, and the crazy thing is that the best stuff Disney Plus has is like so like low key that it's not like it doesn't really get that much attention. Like uh like Werewolf by Night is uh, a mate is probably is the best thing they've ever produced on Disney Plus, and most people don't know <laughs> what what it is. Like it's, they're they're not recognizable characters to most people. You know, you know, uh, you know, uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur actually a pretty good show, but they're like Z-list characters, <laughs> and so no one's watching. So no one's been watching it, and it's like, it's like, you know, it, it doesn't even feel like Nick Fury has heroes he can call in this show. Honestly, like War Machine felt like the one person he probably would and could call, and that's a problem. It's He's like. A- <laughs> His, his only friend is Talos. <laughs> it's like, I know you're not going to bring Spider-Man in this show. You know, that's, you got to you know jump through hoops with Sony to get him yep, any appearances. And it's like, you know, Nick Fury has had literally no dialogue or interactions with Doctor Strange. Um, he never talked to the, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Captain Marvel is never around. Um, Hulk, Hulk jumped back into space. Hawkeye is retired. You get what I'm saying? It's like the fact that you don't even have Hawkeye and Black Widow, like I mean, they could have but even then, like they, they have other Disney Plus people. They call you can't call Hawkeye and Black Widow, call Yelena and Kate Bishop. <laughs> like somebody. <laughs> get Miss Marvel in here. <laughs> like get somebody here. The fact that Nick Fury hasn't reached out to the Winter Soldier to take advantages of his services is crazy. It's like 
Like, bro, what are we doing? He he didn't even call Falcon. I forgot Falcon is is even a I, thing yeah. or Captain Falcon, America. Yeah, you know, whatever Falcon, he is right now. Falcon's there. Shoot, he could have called. Shoot, called. You know, uh, like uh, they, the Monica Rambeau, <laughs> like somebody call some, some call somebody because the scroll like is weird. Like the scroll are supposed to get be able to get powers, but also so far they haven't. But now they're just kind of now they're basically basically just extremist soldiers like. Like they were supposed to have super strength, but sometimes, most of the time, they don't. Usually, when they're fighting humans, but now some of them can, are just like immortal. It was just—it's funny, like you know, seeing that that scene where Nick Fury and Rhodey were talking, and you know, they're talking like they got all this history. I'm like, have they ever even spoke to each other before? I like, don't—I don't even like. I, I don't think they've even had a scene together before. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. Like, uh, yeah, like. The scenes I remember with Rhodey were mostly with Iron Man and the other Avengers. Yeah, it's like he, you, Nick Fury has more history with Loki than War Machine, but you call in a favor with this dude. Like, you like, <laughs> like every, like every time we, like every time Fury popped up, it was either, it was either, actually, it was pretty much just talking to Tony and Natasha and Clint and Captain America. That's it. Yeah, yeah, Captain, America, or, Captain America. He he never even talked to Spider Man. That was Talos. But yeah, like yeah. So I was like Fury. When when did, when did Fury and and Rhodey become bro- brothers? <laughs> like what? <when, laughs> like, like what did that? Happen? But uh, speaking of the scroll, though, the Super Scroll stuff, I feel like that's one aspect of the show where they did think of try to put some creativity in where you had to figure out a way to create a super scroll without actually using the fantastic four because they don't exist yet and it's like it's like i said the mcu has been a a wild major success overall but it's like as a comic book fan as a fan of these heroes and all of these interactions and possibilities it's disappointing that so much will never actually be. So Mr. Fantastic will never interact with Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. You know, as of at least as of right now. You know, Captain I mean, America and Doctor Strange never had a conversation. I mean, Secret Wars makes anything possible. <laughs> They're just gonna have every cameo. Not not when people getting four hundred dollar checks and uh, <laughs> a lifetime of servitude for ten dollars. I mean, <laughs> like I mean, by I mean, the, the, this, that movie's probably not coming out until like twenty thirty. So by then, they'll probably be able to just make the entire thing with an AI. <laughs> so they won't even need actors at that point. It'll just be Bob Iger playing with the action figures. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll just be Bob Iger's intern just sitting, just sitting in front of a computer typing in prompts. <laughs> just like, right, make me a scene with uh, with Mister Fantastic and Tony Stark having a conversation. <laughs> uh, what are the powers for the Super Scroll? Is Groot, um, the Frost Beast, um. What are, what are those people called from um, Iron Man? Um, the the extremists. Extremists, yeah. And it's one more thing. I forgot what the fourth power was. Nick Fury's integrity. Yeah. I was just like, you know, at least you, you figure something out. You figured out a workaround for that. But it's like it's just being, it's wasted, you know. It's, it's, it's just a bunch of bland nonsense. I actually, it actually made me almost wonder rewatch some of the other stuff because I'm like at least at least some at least there was something compelling about about the other 
Disney Plus shows. Like they they weren't, you know, they they were a lot of them were bad in in some way or another, but at least they a lot of them were had some redeemable quality or there was something interesting or something you can like get on like as, as bad as She-Hulk was, like it kept at least it kept you watching every week just to just to see what would happen and occasionally they would hit something they would hit on something but here it's just like it's just it when it's not boring it's just confusing and annoying because it's like what it's like they didn't they don't care it's, it's like for every episode they're ramping up trying to add stakes and build up stakes but it just doesn't feel like anything matters at least to me it just I just don't care. I don't care who dies in this show. I'm not going to care. Nick Fury can get killed and it'll be all well. I don't care. You get what I'm saying? It's like, and, I, we, know, and we know they're not going to destroy the world because, like, again, you have these high stakes. It's like, oh, well, the scroll are going to destroy the world and destroy it. Well, we, we know they're not. <laughs> I mean, they're playing. And the only reason we're even getting this far is because you're trying to ignore the fact that their plan is completely stupid. It makes no sense. Yeah, it's like you literally, you, it's over a million scroll on the planet. It's like, you can take over the planet like that, bro. Like you literally can look like anybody and get in anywhere. And by the time somebody suspects it's a problem, you're close yeah. enough to kill them. And it's like- And they're, they're already in the highest points of power. They, like they're already living. They have a they have a home. Why are they, why are they still <laughs> mad? Why are they even still mad about it? Like they can't, like Graphic even commented on them. Like you're, oh, you're drinking their wine. You're wearing their suits. Yeah, you have, cause you live here. You have a home. Right. It's like you literally can be anybody, bro. Like you, you literally run the world. You're you have scroll in the highest levels of government. You're living in luxury. You can do whatever you want. And you, why why do you care? Why do you want to? Why do you want to go? Uh, why do you want your own planet so bad? <laughs> you got you got one. Yeah, it's like um, like the stuff with the show just doesn't make sense in a lot of regards. Like the Talos thing. You literally sat in a in a train car and heard Nick Fury say specifically they had no intentions of of making room for you here or making you really comfortable here. Oh, humans can't get along with each other. We definitely not looking to make room for this. And it's like his daughter asks him, "What's his plan?" Oh, we have to show them our hearts. And they literally just told you the person you trust the most just told you to your face. We had no intention of giving you anything. It's like change of plans maybe like you didn't even consider anything different you just went right back to square one uh will trust fury he literally I, dipped off on you for, for I mean, that long i mean can you blame him i mean you you invade with a million million people and then you got you got the other half trying to wipe out all humans like they're like they're human like first of all the humans are in the mcu are are not at all the way the writers portray them because because they they have no problem with the Guardians, Groot, the El nothing. They they're very accepting. They're they're even accepting of Hulk, <laughs> and he and he's destroying towns half the time. <laughs> like they they're very. This is a very forgiving world. Yeah, and like a Scarlet Witch, yeah, <laughs> she got forgiven. <laughs> like yeah, she she literally held an entire town hostage and tortured them for over a month. And it's like oh, it's fine. Not 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 only did she get away with it. The guy that tried to stop her got arrested. <laughs> it's like, I, as a scroll, I would make the argument, we're not doing anything worse than your own heroes are doing. Y'all create robots who drop towns on the world and stuff like that. It's like, 
Bro, yeah, we, we just right. trying to walk around with green ears out. Like, and they could, they, they could have been chilling, but no, they 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 want their own planet. So okay, fine. You 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 want your own planet? All right, we'll look for a planet. But I'm I'm starting to see that there's a reason why everyone hates the scroll and they're being persecuted. They're terrible people. <laughs> they're, they're awful. Like no, like like we 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 were told that the Kree were the bad guys, but are they? <laughs> at least at least in this particular conflict. It feels like they they were on to something. <laughs> yeah, it's like just just make them evil from the what? jump. Yes. So it's like we played the con of being the good um mild mannered aliens in comparison to the aggressive aliens. Oh yeah, easy to trust. Yeah, you can come back to Earth and all of that. This is a nice planet you got here. Oh, we'll find you one just sure. like it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, we we're yeah, we're <laughs> take your time. Like, we good. Take take your time. No, no, instead because for some reason they're obsessed with they can't just have a villain that's just a villain now they're like oh no they have to have that has to be meaning to it they have to we we can't just have you know bad people you know we have to they have to there has to be nuance we have to have shade there's shades of gray and but then you're if you're if you're going to go with shades of gray and nuance your plot can't be exterminate all every every human on the planet. <laughs> that's well, not that's like that's not nuance or shades of gray. Like, like there's nuance. There was nuance to Killmonger because some to some degree. Because even though Killmonger is clearly wrong, his whole thing was well, Wakanda has forsaken the people that need it the most by hiding from the world and holding all their resources. So we're going to open up Wakanda. We're going to stop hiding and we're going to reach out to oppress people all over the world. He just took a, a step or two too far. It was like, also, we're going to be imperialists and, and, and put our boots on everyone's neck before they do it to us. But you can see his point and he, and he was still able to sway T'Challa at least a little bit towards his side by the end because he was right to a degree. Wakanda, it, it did really make any much sense for Wakanda to have this much wealth, this much technology, and they're literally starving people right on their border, <laughs> like out, outside of their invisible barrier. Like, yeah, you should use your resources in in other parts of Africa and in Compton and in other places to, to help out. So yeah, Killmonger was right about that. He was just wrong about the imperialism. <laughs> imperialism. So yeah, yeah, there's there's nuance in that. There's no nuance in you promised me something when I was ten, so I'm gonna kill everyone on Earth. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like I, I feel where graphics is coming from. It's just you know you you're going about it in the dumbest way possible. Like you're not an effective terrorist. Essentially, is like. Oh, we'll we'll make them war with each other, and then we'll. It's like you you literally can look like anybody, my man. Like you don't need to do all of that. You're already in high-ranking government positions. You can push the button yourself. You can you can do whatever you want with the positions you've taken, and you're you're going the most complex, nonsensical route possible to get nothing. It's like, bro, like this planet is not like. Look at this planet. Go on Twitter. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's not that hard to figure this stuff out, man. Like, bro, they. I'm, I'm not even gonna get into all that, but it's like it's just it's just it's a wild place. Yeah, and, they have they have no reason to. He doesn't he doesn't even need to exterminate everyone because they're they are they've already taken over. <laughs> it's like you on the ground. It's like they they don't know you exist. They don't know to to look for you. 
And then a few people who do, they don't even have a testing process. They they don't even criticize whoever they're talking to. They don't scrutinize any possibility that you could be a scroll in disguise. And they won't they tell. Start talking. And they won't tell anyone. We literally had a scene <laughs> where Talos walks into a meeting with Gravitz, and he's surrounded by Gravitz people. And not only does he assault Gravit multiple times, he straight up tells them, I'm gonna blow up your entire plan. I'm gonna tell everyone about the scroll and everything. I'm gonna, I don't care if there's any blowback, I'm blowing up your plan, I'm telling everybody, and also keep my daughter's name out your mouth. And they just let him leave. <laughs> and then he does and then he goes to eat breakfast and doesn't tell anybody. <laughs> he just goes hangs out with Fury and talks about dogs. Yeah, it's like I feel like him and Gaia have, have had the same conversation like three times already. We we him and Nick Fury keep having the same conversation. It's like we are not going anywhere. We're spinning our wheels. Gravic comes in and reminds us, you know, whatever for his plan is for the day. And that's the episode, like episode four now. And it's like like I can imagine how like boring with the president. You're trying to assassinate you're trying to assassinate the president, bro. We know when he's landing. We know where he's going to be. Why are we trying to attack his vehicle when you literally can bring a whole team of scrolls in disguise as Rhodey's, you know, special forces team and just shoot the president as he's coming off the plane? Rhodey could have did it himself. Whoever whoever that scroll is playing Rhodey could have killed the president herself. <laughs> it's like this, this, this is the most ineffective squad of, of trained killers. That was like you got the powers of all these different things and characters. And you're still out here trying to be special ops, man. It's like, that's not threatening. That just shows me your budget limitations. You don't want to show what this person can actually do because budget limitations. Because it doesn't make sense for you to be out here trying to be special ops, man. That's that's writing, that's writing limitations, too. Because why would you bring an attack helicopter to blow up the convoy when you could just have a, when you could just have a scroll disguise himself as the president's wife, his, his chief of staff, the, the the special secret service agent, anybody anybody close to him, they could just be like, wrote his Rody describes himself as the like he, he the president is basically useless. He doesn't know anything. He can't tie his shoes without me. So why why aren't you kill him? <laughs> like why don't you? They don't even effects for that. You just be like, hey, Mr. President, let me let me show you something. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 just, it's just absolutely crazy bro and it's like i said it's sad to see because it's like 10 years ago this was not a problem that marvel had at all and it's like i feel like someone was more involved with this process than they were given credit for and that person is no longer involved and disney is kind of falling to pieces while kevin feige is getting credit for, yeah, I've, for things I've, he may not be actually yeah, doing I've, I've definitely heard I've definitely heard that over over the years that that Kevin Feige actually had a lot of help in the in those early stages of Marvel and that everything kind of fell apart, especially yeah, James Gunn was one of them who, you know, and then then when James Gunn like stopped, you know, overseeing phase four, I guess he was he was supposed to help with phase four, but ended up he, now we know he ended up moving on to DC. But yeah, it seems like Kevin Feige was kind of like the face of you know the the behind the scenes, but actually was not the brain. <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, somebody got Steve Dicko out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, some, some else. Yeah, so, something's going on. 
because because th this ain't it. <laughs> like like this, this this is not this is not what we this is not the Marvel that I know. Yeah, it's like it's it's just it's so poorly executed and written, and it, it just everything every scene falls flat. The scenes that you're supposed to care about, like I just don't care. Like Talos dying is like I don't care. It, I was more focused on how bad the the British Army's formation was. The <laughs> fact that a guy can he was like, hey, shoot Talos, and he just went to another car, a complete blind spot. He could have killed anybody in that circle. He could have shot Talos in the head if you wanted to. Nobody is covering that flank at all. They're like, what kind of military formation is that, bro? Like, you that and exposed it, and nobody's guarding that side. And then Fury's sitting there shooting, shooting Gravik and and all the Secret Service agents are completely oblivious. <laughs> like, like he's supposed to be protecting the president. He has the president and he's supposed to be protect, like he, he's he literally just standing there in enemy lines having a, a fear to shoot at him. No one's turning around like, hey, what? <laughs> Everyone's just, just looking straight ahead. I'm like, bro. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's like scene direction, script. All, all of this is just flat. It's like no impressive action scenes, nothing nothing of, of worthwhile has been happening in the show. I feel like we've I didn't say that like thirty six times in the past half hour. That that uh, unfortunately, uh, I would hope so, I was hoping someone on the edit team would have said something at some point, but unfortunately not. So this is the show we got. Uh, I don't think you have to worry about. I, I, I'm going to say so far, I am impressed with what I'm seeing from Superman Legacy. Uh, the the casting of, at the very least has been. 100% spot on. I'm I'm all I'm all about it. Obviously, we, we got to see the script and everything else. But based on what we've heard so far, what we've seen, I'm cautiously optimistic because I've yet to see. Because James Gunn hasn't done anything bad. Like so, I I like the I think the worst thing James Gunn has has made is like Guardians Two. I like Guardians too, and I and I and I still enjoy Guardians too, like like maybe argue maybe argue the Suicide Squad, and and that that was still that was still good. So the, they nailed the casting. I I like David Corn Sweat as as a Superman. I mean, they basically just got a guy that's ten years that looks exactly like Henry Cavill, but ten years younger and you know fifty less pounds of muscle. But you know they can they can add on to that. Uh, Rachel Brosnahan from the Marvel's Mrs. Maisel, fantastic in that show. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. She's a fantastic actress, and just if you listen to her in Mrs. Maisel, you you definitely hear Lois Lane. Like you, like okay, like you you can definitely see where where they were going with that. So perfect. Uh, I like uh, Anthony Kerrigan uh, as Metamorpho. He's a fan fantastic he's a fantastic actor he was great in Barry so just having him on I'm all about it and they even bringing a brother in Mr. Terrific uh, <laughs> shout out I, I'm always always appreciate bringing in black superheroes I'm, I'm all about it and we even get the Green Lantern uh, Philly, Nathan Fillion is playing uh, Guy Gardner yeah, like at, on paper it sounds like a lot for a setup movie or you know something that's yeah. supposed to be getting things off the ground it's like 
stuff like that doesn't have a great track record unless these people are going to have like small small roles yeah. small cameos or yeah something. That, yeah that's the, that's the other thing we don't know like how how involved are they going to be in in the story like like because there's definitely a way like you don't, you obviously don't want to Batman v Superman it <laughs> and, and just kind of like oh we're going to set up a Justice League movie so I just cram him in here with surveillance and with surveillance footage and and everything but yeah like if it's to me it sounds like the main story is going to be Clark at the Daily Planet with Lois and Lex Luthor is going to be like the main thing yeah, it's like um, I, I feel like James Gunn knows enough about how to ground a story in its characters mm-hmm. and make the characters have you know heart because that's that's one of one of the things all of his movies managed to manages to deliver on is having a heart aspect. So it's like you're, you're invested in the story, you're invested in at least one of the characters specifically and what happens to that character or what mm-hmm. they're going through in the movie. So it's like. I don't doubt that he'll be able to pull something amazing off with Superman, but at the same time, especially after what just happened with the Flash and theaters, I feel like WB might be grossly over underestimating the power of having stuff get boycotted. So many projects <laughs> have been coming out lately with people taking strong stances against it and vowing not to see it in theaters. So I was like. Black Panther Wakanda Forever, you didn't do as well as the original movie because of how you handled T'Challa. So a lot of people who are T'Challa fans were like, I'm not seeing that, I'm not supporting that. That hurts your box office numbers. Um, The Flash, Ezra Miller, labeled as a terrible person and he's still being promoted in the movie. People are like, we're not having that. And then on top of that, we're not supporting anything that's that's um, James Gunn, new DCU friendly because of how the Snyderverse characters were handled. And it's like, there's a lot of people who are fans of the Snyderverse. That's a lot of dollars that are right off the bat, either still in your movie with, with the pirate ship method or flat out just saying, I'm not paying for that stuff. I'll wait for, you know, it to be free on streaming or something. So I actually disagree. Like, boy- boycotts can definitely... We, well, I mean, Bud Light knows firsthand how powerful boycotts can be, but but I don't think it, I don't think that's an issue with these superhero movies. I think the reason the Flash movie flopped is the same reason Shazam two flopped. It sucked ass. It was a terrible. It's a terrible movie. I, I I think people would have gotten over the whole Ezra Miller situation if the movie was actually good, <laughs> but it wasn't. You know, it was it wasn't good at least good enough to get crowds coming off of word of mouth because, yeah, the yeah it was it better than Shazam two and Birds of Prey, sure, but the bar is the floor. So, so and the CGI looked like a war crime. It was so bad. So it's like, yeah, like. It, will there be some Snyder cultists who won't see Superman Legacy? Sure, but there's like ten of them, and the rest are bots. So that's, I don't think that's that, a lot of numbers, man. I don't, um, <laughs> I, don't like, think, I don't think that's. I don't. I really, I honestly don't think the I, the, the act the anti the Snyder people are going to have really any impact 
at all on Superman Legacy. I think I, it's I, I think they I think they will will probably have a bigger impact than you giving them credit for. Like it's not like um in the case of um the Hogwarts Legacy where that franchise has so many fr- fans, you know, regardless. Even if a million people chose to boycott it, you got two million more who are all about that game. So it's like it was going to be a success no matter what because the fan base is that massive. And even if you divide them, split down the middle, you're still going to end up with millions of, of people buying your game. True. Where with the DC universe, it's like people don't know what the hell they expect from this. You you can't even effectively communicate what is going on in your universe as of right now. Um, the Flash movie didn't do any of the things it was hyped up to do in terms of resetting a universe or setting up a a new universe you just did cameos and weird cameos and then ended with a confusing cameo because it's like is george clooney about to come back and take over as batman like is that what we're setting up for is that what we're getting hyped for it's like clooney braving the boat (laughs) it's like bro like did you see batman and robin i don't i don't think that was the way to go like People were really hyped for a Ben um, Ben Affleck Batman movie, and it's like now it seems like he's out. It's like again, that's another hit to the Snyderverse fan base. So it's like we don't have our Batman, we don't have our Superman. Wonder Woman might be in the trash. What's going on? True, but also the Snyder cult was never that big because remember, even when Snyder had free reign to do his thing those movies didn't really make that much money <laughs> like, like that, that's the issue well, that was that was the rest of us boycotting the movies <laughs> we weren't we weren't boycotting they just weren't that good <laughs> that's, that's the problem, that's the problem. I like i didn't go see wonder woman 84 in the theater i didn't see um i Birds saw pray um, I, I i saw i saw man of steel in the theater it didn't make i liked it didn't make didn't make the money that they were they were hoping it would make uh those first the first wonder woman was a hit and then they did batman v superman <laughs> it just was all downhill it was all downhill from there yeah, it's like um honestly i feel like you know criticism you know shot those those movies in the foot before they can really get going and you know rightfully so it's like those, those you know they're not really good movies you know if it's a if it's a great story if it's a really good you know, grounded story with, you know, characters and, and events that people can get invested in and care about, your movie's going to do well no matter what. Uh, so, interesting. So, it, so we, there's obviously a lot we still don't know about how they're setting up their, their, the chapter one guys are monsters, but apart from we know that they're going to have, they're going to have a Batman that has already a son. And we don't know how else they're going to adapt that. We just know bat. We just, we just know it's going to be Batman, and it's going to he's going to have a son, Damien. Doesn't mean there's going to be a full Bat family. We don't know exactly how, what changes they're going to make, but we do know that that James Gunn is setting up a Justice League of some kind. Uh, just looking at the projects they have announced and the casting for for uh the superman legacy we've got pretty much most of justice league international already uh for for his dcu you got you got blue beetle you got mr terrific you got guy gardner 
They got Booster Gold coming. So that's going to be one Justice League team. We know eventually they're going to do a Wonder Woman. They're going to do a Flash. They have Batman. So they're going to, you know, they're going to slowly build, build it up. But it sounds like they're going to have these members of Justice League, you know, Hawk Girl, Mr. Terrific, Guy Gardner. They're going to be part of it. And then the Authority are going to pop in. They're going to have a role. And then, you, you know, they're going to bring in Wonder Woman at some point. But you're going to have Batman. And then you're going to and then you're going to have two more Green Lanterns, Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. And they could, but it sounds it sounds like they're he's te- definitely taking his time with an actual Justice League movie, unlike with what we got with the last regime. There, he he understands the value of stretching things out. So, with what we know so far of Chapter One, no Justice League movies so far. They're they're just going to set up these different projects. So, Superman Legacy is going to lay the plant the seeds for you know future Justice League teams. They were going to have Brave and the Bow. We got the whole Amanda Waller situation over with uh, Creature Commandos and Peacemaker. That that whole ground level thing going there. Then we're going to have the, the Lantern Show and Themyscira. Then they're bringing in Supergirl with uh, Woman of Tomorrow and everything Sound like, like that. A, a lot of projects that potentially will be buckling down if Superman flops. Oh, oh, they're they're out of there. If Superman flops. <laughs> If that if that movie if that movie doesn't make at least eight hundred million dollars, uh, they out of there. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, it's Superman. I, I think at the very least three hundred million would be the threshold. But it's like, you no. know, if it's if it's a really good Superman movie, three hundred million, eight hundred eight hundred million probably should be the goal. No, eight hundred million is the. I'm telling you, eight hundred million is the baseline. Because three hundred million—that's like Black Adam territory. <laughs> no, I get it. I'm just saying, like, I, I can't see it doing as bad as like, oh, you, we, we're barely clearing a hundred million. I'm I like, think, I feel like at the based on just looking at the casting alone and how much interest there is, I, I think it at the very least is going to do as good as Man of Steel, that, and that was like seven hundred million. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly wishing them all the best because it's like. Honestly, Marvel needs competition. Like, um, it's, it's kind of like um, NBA 2K is like looking at what a lack of competition has done to that stuff is like yeah. you need competition out here because if there's no competition to push innovation and creativity, these companies are always going to cut corners and give you, you know, half ass products where they see fit because, you know, people are accepting it, which as you see with Secret Invasion, people are accepting it. It's like, this is clearly an inferior product, but people are like, hey, it's great. Keep giving us more. Oh, not not even though, because this is one of the most lower, lowest rated things they've ever put out. So so it's like, so it's like people are actively telling you, no, we don't want this. Like, like, it's, like that's why that's why Bob Iger's up there telling the writers and actors, there's no money. I mean, uh, superhero fatigue, you know. <laughs> you know like I'm, I'm gonna be straight up with you. I am like nine out of ten percent. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna watch Echo like at all. I'm not even doing. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not even. Yeah, I'm not even. I'm, I'm not even. Yeah, we're not even reviewing it for the podcast. No, it's not. Like, uh, like she was <laughs> terrible, and the little bit of Hawkeye she was in is like that's what we're giving a show to. Yeah, we're not, we're not doing that. I, right, I, I would, I, I would actually be willing to do Ironheart and maybe in house of harkness i'm not touching echo 
<laughs> I'll, I'll do Ironheart. I'll do House of Harkness. I'm not touching Echo. <laughs> whatever, whatever everybody says, Echo is like I, I'll take your word for it, bro. Because I, I'm not I'm, watching that. Man. I'm, out, I'm out. I'm out on that one. And they'll turn around and make something like that, like nine episodes. <laughs> Why giving Secret Invasion six really bland episodes? Yeah. It's like, bro, what what's going on? Yeah, 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 yeah. I can see that. Like, I'm yeah. That that I know I can save. I can save myself some time. <laughs> I don't. I will not like it. I'm not. I'm not seeing it. So we we could we could skip. We could just cross that one off the map. But yeah. there there yeah. We definitely do need competition. That's why I always laugh at the 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 console warriors who are and in my case it's usually the the lbox players who are constantly in all of my all of my comment sections and chats saying something weird <laughs> like i had i had one uh the other day talk that was uh that was mad they were they were mad they called they called me he called me a corporate shill because because i because he was mad that he had an xbox and he was like well play He's like, it's not fair that you have to, you have to buy a new PlayStation, you know, and you have, and he has an Xbox and can't have Spider-Man. I'm like, bro, you, you're an X, you're an Xbox player. <laughs> what are you talking about? Microsoft literally is literally buying studios so that they can produce more exclusives. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's stuff isn't even worth arguing about. It's so, it's know. so nonsense. I want, I want both Sony and Xbox to do well so that we can get good product that's why i want both disney and and uh warner to figure it out because i like i like marvel i like dc i like personally i like dc more and i want both of them to have active and healthy cinematic universes because that would be amazing as a superhero fan i want great movies and shows and especially video games from from both from both of them and when when I see when I see this nonsense, it doesn't it doesn't bring me doesn't bring me joy. Like there are parts of the culture war who you know take take pleasure in all these flops, and I'm just like, no, I don't want I don't want this stuff to, to be bad. I don't want I don't want you know this this to be all this stuff to be flopping and artists to be losing their livelihoods. I want I want it to all be thriving and good, and we we got it we got to get back to that. So. I'm going to give James Gunn the benefit of doubt on this one. I've enjoyed his work so far. I like what I'm seeing so far from Superman Legacy. Uh, unfair or not, or not, and it definitely is unfair. But there's going to be a ton of pressure on that Superman Legacy movie, more than it should be on the merits. But that's the reality of the situation. You, you, you there's definitely going to be. You know, pushback from the Snyder side, but also because it's like, yeah, Henry Cavill is very popular. You know, it's not just from Snyder cultists. He's just generally a very popular guy. And you did him dirty. So now you're going to have to back it up. It's like, okay, we we had our vision. This is what we're going to do. And now all eyes are on are you. This is the start. This is the foundation of your new rebooted DC. Like, we're, we're, we're supposed to look past all these flops, you know, you know, Flash, Aquaman two, Black Adam. You know, I'm, I'm assuming Aquaman two is going to flop. <laughs> you know, Shazam, Blue Beetle. Uh, we we could just we could just assume all those are going to flop. So so we're going to be looking to for Superman Legacy to be most likely, unless Aquaman two pulls out a miracle or Blue Beetle surprises everyone. 
they're going to be looking to Superman Legacy as the first DC movie to turn a profit since the Batman. Yeah, it's like, um, like I said, it's when you look at movies like Infinity War and Endgame, everyone was looking forward to that, you know, universally. Everyone was all in on wanting that to succeed and wanting to see that live in theaters. There was no boycotting. There were no controversial casting decisions or anything like that to go against the, the movie's box office before it even got there. People were trying to get tickets as soon as possible and pack up theaters as many times as possible just because they were that passionate about that movie. And it's like, you want something like that behind your new Superman movie and you shot yourself in the foot immediately by alienating your fan base or a, a, part, a portion of your fan base by, for no reason, you know, or no good reason, just getting rid of a perfectly good Superman. It's like, he just needed better, right? And I feel like Henry Cavill's Superman is the same. I feel the same way about his Superman as I do with Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. You just need better writing, bro. Like, just give him a good script <laughs> and a good movie, and he could do just fine. But you didn't want to give him that for whatever reason. I don't know why he hates him, but uh, yeah, he clearly he, hates him. Very, very clearly, because because that, that was the other issue, like the lack of transparency. Like, it's like, oh, well, I had nothing to do with this. You know, it, I, it's nothing personal. It, like, uh, also, I definitely knew, I definitely did personally destroy his project that was in development. <laughs> and, and I had no intention of all along. And I was pretending. But yeah, like, it was the wishy washiness, you know, that was, yeah, that, was um, that was issue. The like, conversation in Secret Invasion between Rhodey and uh, Nick Fury was a direct copy of James Gunn's <laughs> conversation <laughs> with Henry <Cowell. laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I'm I'm going in a new direction, brother. <laughs> and it's like you hate to see it, but it's like I'm telling you, like I I feel like they really need to take an analytical look at the numbers on that and see how much of a hit they're taking on stuff like that up front, right out of the gate. It's like this yeah. this is hurting sales, and then by it you you couple that with bad word of mouth, and it's like you know, there's yeah. your projects yeah. never really have a chance. Exactly. I, I will say, yeah, Harry Cavill definitely has a lot more name recognition than than David Corsweat and and Rachel Brosnahan, but that and they're they're willing to roll roll the dice. And like I thought they would even go younger because it's weird that they they, they the assumption was they just were going to go young for for the rebooted uh universe, but not only does David Cornsweat look like Henry Cavill, but he's already 29. And Rachel Brosnahan is 32. They um they added, you know, they're they're younger in DC years. So you gotta go <laughs> yeah. DC years. Yeah, so so it's like, okay, yeah, because the argument was like, well, Henry Cavill's 39, but but it's like, okay, but David Cornsweat's 29. <laughs> it's about to be 30. So it's just like it's like and, and has much less rank, name recognition. Like, we're, are we going to act like Robert Downey Jr. didn't just carry a whole cinematic universe at starting at forty? <laughs> like, what look at look at what James Gunn did with the Guardians, where you gave them a, a pretty noble send off 
we don't know where these characters are going to end up in the future. We don't know how, you know, how long it's going to be before we see any of them again. But as a conclusion to their original trilogy, we left things in a good spot. So yep. we're optimistic about the future. There is you know, nobody died. You didn't do anything mean spirited to any other characters. You didn't bastardize any of your actors or anything like that. It's like you could have did that in that Flash movie instead of giving us terrible CGI Superman cameos. You could have actually gave us Henry Cavill in a meaningful scene, you know, either helping Barry, like in that initial, you know, event before he goes back in time. That could have been a full-on Justice League event. And, you know, his friends are there trying to, you know, just encourage him. He's, he's trying to hang out with Batman and stuff like that. That could have been a bigger scene. And then when you get to the end of the movie, we have this new cast of the the Justice League going forward. And it's like, that's fine, but you you had one last hurrah with the original Justice League cast from the Snyderverse. And I, there you go. Now you make your announcements. Yeah, Snyderverse is no longer a thing. We appreciate what he did, but we're going in a different direction. But at least fans got to see them one last time all in one movie instead of Aquaman showing up drunk in a in a end credit <laughs> scene for no reason and Wonder and, Woman and Batman having awkward scenes. And they, like, and, they, and they intentionally and he, he intentionally had this Henry Cavill scenes cut too. <laughs> that's, that was the other thing. So, so it was like it was so obvious that this was always personal. <laughs> like, like you let you kept, kept you kept Gal Gadot's and and Jason Momoa's cameos, but when it came to Henry Cavill's, well, we didn't want to give them expectations. Oh, really? <laughs> so you were fine with a post credit scene with. Jason Momoa Aquaman when people were saying thinking he's going to be Lobo but you, you you couldn't do the same thing for Henry no you you just hate Henry Cavill and it's and it's so crazy that he just won't admit it that like like he he jumped down that content creator's neck for for reporting on the fact that he, he clearly just personally doesn't like Henry Cavill and didn't want and didn't want him in his universe and then every action you take and every every story that breaks about this proves that you don't that he was right you personally don't like every devil it's personal yeah, it's like I'm, I'm telling you like i i can think of a, a a ton of different ways you could have did this that you know ultimately ends also with true they, you had a good wheel. <laughs> they didn't pay the tributes to the to the to the true goat of the superman <laughs> smallville yeah, it's like you, you know, instead of doing a George Clooney thing, instead of doing that, because it's like, it's a quick ooh moment, but it's like, we already have Michael Keaton's Batman in the movie. We really didn't need that. And it only makes things more confusing going forward. Oh, a back shot of Superman in the sky. Wait a minute, that's not my Superman. And then it's like Brandon Ralph or something like that. It's like, that's interesting. That's, I, I would be okay with that. You get what I'm saying? I don't feel like he's another person. I feel like just didn't really get a fair hand as Superman and stuff. So it's like, you're, not, you, you're, you know, fans can kind of flow with that. And it doesn't feel like you're just sticking it to Henry Cavill because it's like, that's what made this whole thing worse. It feels like you isolated him out of all the people who were a part of the Justice League. Oh, Wonder Woman can be in the movie. Ben Affleck can be in the movie. Ezra Miller can be in the movie. Um, Jason Momoa. Aquaman, yeah, Jason Momoa. And it's like, but Henry Cavill, we're done. And it's like, but it's not personal. Nicholas, they they put Nicholas they put Nicholas Cage in this movie before Henry Cavill. They they brought Christopher Reeves back for this <laughs> movie. Christopher, they brought Christopher Reeves back from the dead, <laughs> and Nick and brought in Nicholas Cage 
instead of just having Henry Cavill for 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 one scene. You could have just showed the scene of him getting killed by Doomsday again or something. It's like any like I I just I don't know. I don't know what logic is. We just got the really horrible CGI scene of him when he was fighting the Flash in Justice League. That's that's all we got. And the back and the back of his head in a in a news in a in a news broadcast. <laughs> it's like respect your fans, man, and do do not underestimate the value of goodwill. And definitely don't underestimate the the impact of box office box office boycotting because it may not cause a whole movie to flop, but it's like it's definitely is that not, really what you want? It's definitely gonna help. I think because I think it's real I think I don't think it's going to boycott the people that want to boycott it are in this particular instance are going to be that large, but there, but the fact, but it's going to be the fact that James Gunn is the biggest name on this project and it's going to be, and people are going to be looking at it. Okay. Well, all right. You had a, you had Henry Cavill, you had a big name movie star. So you're not going to, you're not, you're, you're starting over again. Okay. I don't know who this David Cornsweet guy is, but Let's give it a chance. Uh, I like I like Marvel's Mrs. Basil. You know, uh, yeah, I watched I, I watched Guardians of the Galaxy three. Okay, well, I'll give it a shot. But if it's not really really good, then yeah, it's gonna be a problem. Yeah, it's like um, you know to actually answer uh, Laquan's question. Um, I I think if if you didn't have boycotts uh, starting out, it could have potentially been a billion dollar movie just off of word of mouth because if it's a really good movie and he looked like when those first suit images hit the internet that's gonna kind of be able to push things in a better direction but at this point you know we've seen how unreasonable Snyderverse fans can be so it's like that picture can look amazing and they're still gonna criticize it they're still gonna hate on it and they're sure. still gonna demonize you as the villain of the Snyderverse and it's like again those are dollars. You get what I'm saying? Those are people who would have been willing to see your movie multiple times, multiple times in theaters just to see the numbers go up, just to see the gross numbers go up, which is what they do for all of these big name movies. People constantly going to see Spider-Man No Way Home is what pushed that to a billion dollar movie versus we're not going to see that. And then oh well it, it yeah. underperformed compared to the previous movie they don't know at home had you know the big name cameos going for it because they they played into the nostalgia you know they leaned into it you know mm -hmm. they're like they're like oh yeah we got we know tom holland's the new spider-man but hey here, here's andrew here's toby you know that's literally the only reason i watched that movie yeah, bro. <laughs> literally the only reason because that movie was it was a bad movie like half of the movie was pretty bad but it oh. picked it picked up like around the starting around the middle and, I would not have thought uh, otherwise. I, but that was my main issue. That was my main interest in that in that movie. So it, same it, with Doctor Strange. It, like it, the cameos kind of sold it when people found out when we heard Professor X in that trailer. It's like, oh wow, yeah, we got we, we got to check this out. Gotta go and it's it. underwhelmed in in a lot of regards because it's like, yeah, it wasn't a good yeah, movie. This, but... this multiverse felt kind of tame, and I'm not gonna touch on the Scarlet Witch nonsense, but it's like. <laughs> You know, at least the the I, I was legit happy when I saw Black Boat come on screen because I didn't get that spoil for me going in, and I love Black Boat. Wasn't a hundred percent happy with his representation. He did get the um, show a little bit of what his powers can do, so I was happy with that. But um, you know, cameos are are they can be hit or miss with these movies, and they can push your movie over the top a little bit. I mean 
That's a good question, but that's not always the case. They, they so it it used to be the case that that TV that if you did if you did movies you did movies, and if you did TV, it meant that your career went horribly wrong. <laughs> but but uh, now that balance has shifted, you know, with the golden era of television and prestige TV and eventually streaming. So it's not it's not unusual for a tv actor anymore to do movies and vice versa they go back and forth often especially with streaming now i mean nathan fillion just got cast as green lantern in superman legacy and he's pretty much just a tv sci-fi actor so that's not really an issue anymore in the past it was about it was about a measure of your star quality because back back in the time of the movie star which is dead now but back then it was like okay well if you're going to have a movie you know you need to you need an actor that's either good really good which you know tv actors because everyone was pushing for movies were generally seen as lower quality but it was like or you they had to have something that could that could sell it you know but tv actors would still get opportunities you know george clooney started out as a tv actor so it just it just depends but now now it doesn't really it doesn't really matter because uh tv now tv streaming shows are considered in a lot of cases better and more high quality and you know more prestigious than, than a lot of movies nowadays so it's not a real issue anymore so it's just a matter of at this point casting and even when and then when it comes to superheroes that who you cast matters even less now because you know marvel perfect that formula of getting actors that you know weren't very big and and still managing to turn out huge successful products because people aren't just like you know uh, anthony mackie said in this interview a while ago and still true today people aren't coming to see anthony mackie they're coming to see Falcon. They're not, you know, they're not coming to see Chris Evans. They're coming to see Captain America. You know, the movie star has kind of been gotten rid of by this whole, you know, superhero era. Yeah, but I also feel like the projects they choose outside of superhero movies are pretty bland and bad. Where, you know, in the 90s, you know, people would do all kind of genres, but it's like, you're like Tom Cruise to this day keeps proving he can do anything or he he can still be a main draw with the exception of the, the mummy movie he did a couple years ago it's like and that's just the movie was bad like the trailer couldn't hide the fact that the movie was bad so it's like you know but, but so tom, tom tom cruise is a new case because he's like one of the last remaining movie stars because he understands still what it takes to be a movie star you notice that tom cruise is not on twitter Acting all crazy, acting all, acting a fool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Tom Cruise it's, it's understands like, what makes a movie star. You, you, uh, you show same with same with Keanu Reeves. When when you have a movie, you show up, you do the press that you're supposed to do. You make sure it's something that the fans want to see. You do you do the movie. You fuck off until the until the next one. Yeah, but like look at look at people like Al. Pacino, like, look at the projects he's done. Look at his resume. Look at Samuel Jackson's resume. He's done a ton of movies. Well, 
that because, are because they know, don't major hits because they don't but they also don't Samuel Jackson in particular doesn't say duh. <laughs> so. But I'm saying like he you know he has some clunkers on there, but it's like at the same like you got snakes on the plane on the resume, but you also have Pope Fiction on the resume. You have you know yeah. what I'm saying Jurassic Park. You got a ton of different movies that are actually good movies that you're a part of that your name can be a part of versus the kind of projects that you know like um after uh, after iron man died robert downey jr went and did dr doolittle and it's like yeah that's the other thing (laughs) that's the other thing robert downey jr became big because of iron man but he it was because he was iron man like the, the the movie star is 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 gone like people like it's very different than it is in the last 10 years because when i was growing up you didn't go you didn't go see terminator you went to go see the arnold schwarzenegger movie <laughs> you went to see the sylvester salone movie you went to see the jean-claude van damme movie you went to see the will smith movie it didn't matter what it was you you were seeing the Bruce Willis movie. The movies were watchable though. It's like you you see a that trailer helped. that makes you want to see the movie. So That's you want to see Man in that's Black. It. You want to see Independence Day. Not what well, not Wild Wild West, but right. But <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's like they can have some wild choices, but majority of your choices have to be his. And it's like Chris, like um But people man, would still come to, but people would still come to see it because they weren't coming to see that movie. It was a it was a nice bonus when the movie was actually fun and watchable, and that that was another part of it. Yeah, they 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 were focused on not necessarily with action movies, not necessarily you know being Oscar winning and you know blowing your mind, but they understood we're we're here to entertain and that's what we're going to do. They, they didn't get so, bogged down by politics and all this other nonsense. Surprisingly, I would say Chris Pratt is also an example of somebody who is, you know, kind of negating that stigma because it's like he has chosen good projects that's it. outside of the Marvel movies. He has Jurassic World. He just did the Mario well, well, movie. The, well, the it, Jurassic, it matters what you're saying yes well, to, well, bro. Well, the, Dra- well, the Jurassic movies. <laughs> it's <laughs> successful, though. It's successful. He was a big I, selling I, point I, in that Jurassic I, World I don't know about that last one. <laughs> the hype coming off of, off of Star-Lord trans- translated over into the def- Jurassic World. It's not a great movie or a good movie, but it was a big movie. And it the, made a lot of money. I mean, because did, he did was it, part of it. Did it? What, what was the what? Yeah, what they, Jurassic World? They made three movies. <laughs> Those I, movies were successful. I, I, I'm saying the last, the last one, the, the third one. I'm not sure that one was successful. I, 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 I treat them the same way as the... Uh, well, nah, because I actually watched those movies. I was about to say I treat them the same as the Fast and the Furious movies, but I don't actually watch those. Movies. I don't think the last one made... I don't think that last one actually made money either, so... Yeah, there was, but I think J, Chris Pratt is definitely, like, uh, kind of a legitimate movie star. Not It's not at the level like it was, obviously, back in the day, but I think... But, yeah, he's, he's shown that, yeah, you could still... Be a movie star and we and you see the and you see kind of what the the criteria obviously you have to have the look you have to have the charisma some talent but he choo- he generally chooses good product projects and he keeps to himself there's mis- the mystery is like the most underrated part of the movie star but before so before there was social media we didn't really know much about the actors they were like you know mysterious mythical beams up up in the clouds in hollywood we didn't really know we didn't know who they voted for we didn't know their opinions on roe v wade (laughs) they they were 
we 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 just knew we did, we just knew they did movies. Maybe they do a fluff interview where they talk about their favorite ice cream. But we generally had no idea who these people were. We just knew them from their characters and their personas, and we and that's how we liked it. We we liked the mystery of not knowing every single thought this person had in their head. But once Twitter hit, and you know the technology started changing, that's that's when the 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 curtain got peeled back, and everyone's like, oh. They're not, they are just like us. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, you got, you know, some bad examples out there. Um, but like, I feel like Dave um, Batista is trying to build his brand and his name in a positive light. You know, like The Rock is, is still a, a, a big name. It, he's trending downward. Like those, those past, yeah. these past few movies have hurt his brand a little bit. But um, still, it's like people were seeing the movie just because The Rock was attached to it. So I don't think the the idea of the movie star is actually dead. Like Seth Rogen's name being attached to a project is still the selling point for a lot of people. But, you know, like Anthony Mackie is like, you're not doing anything to actually be a legitimate movie star. Like you're not starring in blockbusters and the blockbusters you are participating in, you're a side character. So I, think, like, I think it's definitely dead. Like, there's only like a there's really not that many movie stars. But like, how many how many legitimately how many legitimate stars can carry a project? I don't, I don't mean it's like oh I oh you know it's a oh it's a Seth Rogen. So are we talking about stars in general, yeah. or are you? I'm talking, talking about, about like an actual star. I'm talking about an actual movie star. Like like Arnold Schwarzenegger could take a you can take a mediocre script. And, and and put Arnold Schwarzenegger in it at his peak, and people would come see it. You know, you know that that that's that's like ha- legit, legitimately carrying a project, and that's become increasingly rare, almost non-existent. Like even the old, some of the old stars, like you know Will Smith. You know he doesn't he doesn't have that touch anymore. You know the slap definitely didn't help. <laughs> but you got the wrong touch. I feel. I feel like. Yeah. I feel yeah, when he touched Chris Rock's face, that uh, that didn't help. But uh, if you look at if you look at like the big franchises or the big stars left, it's basically it's basically Tom Cruise and Keanu Reeves. They're like the they're like the only one. They're like the only ones left that could right now that could legitimately carry a friend a franchise i feel like it, it just maybe. depends on the on the project maybe what you're asking for because it's like denzel is still a, a top tier actor leonardo dicaprio yeah, leonardo, um, leonardo dicaprio I, I i would still you could still i guess you could still contribute for consider like you could argue that nicholas cage is making a comeback like he's he's making some better choices than he has been like in the past like five yeah. to ten years he's just been paying his bills for the past yeah. ten years <laughs> And it's like now, it's like okay, well, let me be had a little to, more selective. With had to pay off, had to pay off that dinosaur egg, but the the that's the actual thing he bought. <laughs> <I know. laughs> literally, he literally did that. But but yeah, yeah, obviously, it all now now these days, yeah, choosing a project is more important than ever because of the amount of choices and streaming everything for sure. Um, what's his name from the the Mandalorian? Um, Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. A legitimate movie star, like his name being in projects is a selling uh, point. At this I don't think, like I don't think he's don't think he's reaching the heights, but he's on his way. Like Oscar Isaac, he he's on his way. You get what I'm saying? His name being attached to projects is a selling point. Like Haley Steinfeld is on. She's she's having more success 
with with big projects and stuff like that outside of some like other compared to somebody like um anthony mackie or chris evans and things like that it's like she has bumblebee it's not a great movie but people liked it people went to go see it people liked her as kate bishop but they don't only know her as kate bishop i feel like more people know her as did Gwen they, did they, did they, than Kate Bishop. did they really see bumblebee because of Haley steinville or because it was a transformers movie but that's what I'm saying. Her and she's a part of it. Anthony Mackie should be fighting to get in. Yeah, but it's a, like a Transformers. But that's what I'm saying. It's a they, they, they were, It's a Transformers movie. Like like Shia LaBeouf was never a movie star. People saw it because tra Transformers. <laughs> like I feel like Tyrese shouldn't be making better <laughs> movie choices than somebody like Anthony Mackie or Chris Evans. Here's Tyrese the attached himself to the Transformers franchise. He's attached to the Fast and Furious franchise. Two major box office appealing franchises none of the marvel people are attached to that outside hey. of Haley steinfeld hey you, who's to say twisted metal won't be a <laughs> won't, won't be a hit yeah we'll we'll let uh, <laughs> the public opinion <laughs> decide that but it's like come on bro like honestly it's like it's 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 just a, a it's kind of like an excuse because it's like it's, it's it's more layered than that and it's an oversimplification of why your name doesn't ring out as much as other people because nicholas I'm, I'm about to call him nicholas cage but i mean nicholas fury but samuel jackson you know well after the secret invasion his, his brand might take a bit of a hit but yeah it's like you your your name is your name you know what i'm saying your projects speak for themselves eddie murphy can come back and do whatever right now and you know that'll be a big addition to that to whatever project he's on and it's 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 all about what you're going to see like you can't just throw nonsense on the screen and be like oh well such and such is in that and expect people to go see it it's like no we're not <clears throat> especially with as many movies hitting theaters as they as we've seen people are being selective with how they spend their money Maybe. so it's like i, I went to see yeah. um across the spider-verse but now you're asking me to see the flash you're asking me to see transformers you're asking me to see the barbie movie and everybody can't get ten dollars a lot you know, yeah, a lot of people would rather stay home and watch it on streaming you know and okay. yeah for for sure so it, it's definitely more pressure but also you, you there's some it's, it's not that people won't watch nonsense they will i mean the fast franchise is literal nonsense but people they will but not a lot they of want people. they want no they <laughs> i mean the last one uh finally hit finally hit a hit a brick wall but in general like people will watch nonsense if it's fun nonsense that's 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 the that's that's what really set define a lot of those you know 80s action 90s action movies they were fun like some of them were good but a lot of them were just stupid fun you know and and they didn't bore they didn't bore you like say what you will about the fast and the furious franchise especially the early ones but they, they weren't they wouldn't bore you necessarily yeah, but it's like I keep thinking of more and more examples. Like Chris Pine is a is a big name in Hollywood. Mm. Uh, Florence Pugh is, is making a name for herself in Hollywood. Yeah, like they, she's that's the thing. Really there, good projects. There are people who are famous, especially online, but it's not the. It's definitely not the same. Like like if I like if I'm like if I hear Florence Pugh is on a project, I'm like, oh okay, that's that's not what what's the project. 
you know, I'm not I'm not just gonna it's something not, to consider at the very least, though. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna watch it though. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, okay, well, who's right? Okay, oh, Forrest Pugh is in it. Okay, okay, well, who's writing it? What's the plot? Who's the right, script? Who's, the, who's, the, who's directing? Who's doing her, the cinematography? Her name being to it something <laughs> What's the budget? What's the production Anthony, company? Anthony Mackie doesn't really have that unless he's attached to Marvel as Falcon, and it's like that's. It's like I feel like he's part of his own problem at that I point. I like, like the, hey, I like Eight Mile. Like he was great at that. Bro, no, come on. If Eminem <laughs> wasn't actually in the movie, <laughs> who would be watching? <laughs> he was a right. Hey, hey, if you just if you if it was just about a generic a generic white rapper, it would still be a great movie. Come on, it was it was yeah, like fun. Joaquin Phoenix. You know, that's what, that's what I'm saying. It's like yeah, there are still names out there, bro. Like if. If you're doing the work, their their names like and he and he, he's like a legacy name, but he yeah. was he was never a guy that would carry who would who would who would carry a box office. The reason why the Joker made so made so much money is because it was a great movie and right, he was great in it. That's what I'm saying. Like it's, it's it's a combination of the two. So it's like in order to make a name for yourself, you have to be attached to e- either well performing you know, projects or really good projects. So Jack um, Nicholson made a name for himself with very good projects, which is why he became a part of you know Hollywood legacy sure. because I can name my project. I can I can stop working for two decades with ease and comfort and live off the legacy of what I've done. Bruce Willis, you get what I'm saying? It's like you have to actually appear in good movies. You can't just oh well, only people only care about, about my Marvel projects. Look at what you do outside of Marvel. It's like, what is what is successful outside of that? What are you doing that people would actually want well, to see? So Mar- Mar- Marvel was their break. Like, usually, like, what, what happened was they would have a big break. They would have a breakout role. Right. And then they would leverage that breakout role into other films. And people, and if they were a big enough star, then people would just see whatever you were in, just, be, just because. And yeah. with Marvel, that, ha- that took a hit because people... Because first of all, they would they weren't they would get a lot of cases people that weren't stars like they were either either uh, like they started it with Robert Downey Robert Downey Jr. before you know Iron Man he was a talented actor but he wasn't a star he was you know, he was considered a washed up you know people thought his career was over and you know Chris Hemsworth no one knew who he was before before Thor so you know Marvel went with you know unknowns then they had their breakout and then. For the most part, they weren't able to leverage it. Like the one star they brought in, you know, that was Scarlett Johansson, but she was already a, a star before they brought her in. You know, Chris Hemsworth so far is the one that's been able to kind of speaking of leveraging, you know, beyond superhero stuff, he's 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 struck gold with this distraction series. You know, the first the first one was a surprise hit. Second one was even better. Highly highly recommended. So he's he's put his He's he's in a position where his non-Marvel projects are not only performing better, but actually better <laughs> than the Marvel stuff. Yeah, I would say you know Robert Downey Jr. made the most money from Marvel themselves, For and sure. yeah. Oh, yeah. outside of Marvel, I would say Chris um, Chris Pratt has probably had the most successful career outside of Marvel projects, while also having you know success within Marvel itself. Yeah. For sure. Um, and you know someone just mentioned um Chadwick Boseman is like yeah he was on path to building himself as a name, so you know his name, his name rings out beyond Black Panther, beyond um, any Marvel projects or anything like that, because he was a part of so many big projects 
that people felt like they either had to see you or wanted to see you. And it's like, Anthony Mackie, we cannot say the same. It's like, I'm familiar with your name, but your name isn't making or breaking a movie for most people. Like, you can be a part of the cast. Like, you know, like he was in that, he was he played Tupac, bro. Like, what are you yeah. doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. what are you doing? But, but here's the thing. Anthony Mackie is not a movie star. Exactly. He's a, he's a, he's a character actor. Like there, he, he there, there, there's definitely types to this. You know, there, there are certain, there are certain act. He was never, and he was never that. It was not, it's not about his roles or anything like that. It's like certain actors have it. They have the thing. They have the, the quality. Anthony Mackie was never that guy. He was never going to be that guy. Denzel was that guy from the moment he got on screen. Like it, it was just a matter. It was just a matter of time. He had he had it. He had it. He had that thing. Yeah, it's like you know, um, you know, Jamie Fox. He was just overwhelmingly talented. Like he had he yeah. had it. He had some. He had something. You know, you, you, and that's what I'm saying. Like you got to do the work. So like looking at the um the recent um Candyman movie that came out a couple years ago. Imagine how much better that movie would have performed if they actually involved Tony Todd, you know, like brought him back as Candyman. That movie would have did numbers just off the name of Tony Todd being attached to the project. And it's like the name of a movie star can still impact a, a oh, film's, sure. you know, um, you know how it how it functions or how it. Yeah. Um, is that it, it, it can definitely it can definitely get you some more eyeballs but yeah it's not like we used to like like air uh, on prime i thought it, i thought it was a really good movie it had a huge cat you, had, you know you had you had you know the, the boys back together you know ben ben <laughs> ben, ben Affleck. i saw that in theaters i, I wouldn't check that out i didn't see it in theaters i knew i wasn't going to see it theaters but i was like i'll, I'll watch it on it <laughs> i thought it was on but it's like yeah they spent way more money than they should have on that and it didn't and it didn't pan out even though i thought it was a good i thought it was a good it's, movie. A, it's a good movie it's just a, a weak concept is that's you know you you can't make blockbuster you know numbers off of oh this is how michael jordan got his shoe deal it's like that's that's pretty <laughs> flimsy bro like i don't care what name you put in there that's that's they, flimsy. They, they they went i mean they went for it you know matt damon they usually have strike go with matt damon and and uh Ben Affleck involved, but not this time. <laughs> so. Yeah, so I'm saying it's like you can, you know, it was it was well produced, well directed, well written. It just ain't it's not a great concept to pull in a ton of people to go see that. Yeah, because Versus, because we're in a know, we're because we're in a in a time now where where to really get an audience out to the theater, you need it has to either be an event film or it has to somehow resonate in the culture war. Because people at this point would rather stay home. Yeah, like look at the um the the latest Indiana Jones movie. It's a legacy movie. You brought back the central character, even though a lot of people were turned off by the latest of the installment before that one. But it's like Harrison Ford, still Hollywood royalty, you know, um, new story, you know, big dumb action scenes and all of that stuff. I'm I'm not big on those movies anyway. But it's like, you know, people grew up with those movies. You got nostalgia on your side, but it's a bad movie. People are saying like, this was a, a terrible movie. This was yeah. unnecessary. It was a bad script. Yeah. So it's like- But here's the thing. Not only, yeah, not only was it a bad movie <laughs> in terms of writing and visuals, but they didn't even play off the nostalgia. They they did they did the thing where there's like, hey, we're going to get a legacy character to try to get people to come. And then we're going to bait and switch and actually just make it about this other character that we want to push and 
chat just kind of put down the legacy the legacy character instead of kind of playing into it and it's like well well no it's like if it's clear if it's not a good movie and it's clear that you're not even going to play into the nostalgia well you're not going to get the word of mouth either <laughs> so it's, so you, you're not you're not winning either way you then compare that to the um the most recent top gun movie it's like that is like 20 30 years later and y'all made a sequel you brought back tom cruise and you put the the actual production necessary to make this a hit behind it and it did numbers it's like it's projects it's what you're doing it's what we're putting into this project and what are the names attached it's like it's a combination of multiple things outside of oh go see this because this person is in there nobody went to see that um dr doolittle movie because robert downey jr was in it because People, it's not a good movie. Like you, you, people you didn't def- even try anything. People definitely saw the new Mission Impossible just because Tom Cruise is in it. Let's let's, right. let's keep it let's keep it a buck. Like, but that's what I'm saying. Like that's the, the so Mission Impossible series. Don't do that anymore when they're the clearly mission. still doing that. No, because I can't say that because I said Tom Cruise is like one of the last remaining movie stars, and that proves my point. Mission, Mario mi- just made a million no, dollars. Nobody. <laughs> Yeah, that that Mar- Mario made all that. Mario didn't make money because of movie stars. It made money because it's Mario. It's the big. It's, it's one of the biggest. <laughs> it's one of the biggest franchises of all time. So, and so you had the so you had the nostalgia factor. You had the built-in audience, and then they just so happened to give that audience what they wanted. It had not. It didn't matter who they cast. Like they they actually didn't like the casting, but it didn't matter because it was Mar- it was a Mario movie that actually respected the Mario IP. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like all of these movies, all of these projects that Chris Pratt is choosing. People saw Tom Cruise. People saw Mission Impossible because Tom Cruise because Tom Cruise did it. No one even knows what the story of the Mission Impossible movies are. There's like 20 of them. None of them make any sense. I don't even remember what the last one was. I have no idea what happened in any of these movies anymore. But I just know, as soon as you hear dent, 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 it's you're gonna, you know, you're gonna get Tom Cruise running through yeah. hallways and jumping off of buildings and and out of airplanes. You're like, okay, cool. You know, Ben Ray, it's, it's Mission Impossible. I know I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get Tom Cruise doing things. I'm gonna get Ben Rains and Simon Pegg, and and I'll and I'll I'll just go see it because because I'm obviously because it's Tom Cruise. If you <laughs> if you put out a respectable product and you are you know respecting fans, you know, and people's money, your your name is gonna ring out, especially if you do this consistently. Or you just give people something they can enjoy. So whether it's a good movie or a bad movie, if it's enjoyable and people are like, oh, I'll, I'll buy this on Blu-ray after seeing it in theaters, you you can find success. And it's like, you know, you you're you're not doing anything to make a name for yourself while denouncing all oh, well the death of the movie star. While people are still you know thriving off of their name, their name being attached. Jennifer Lawrence is making a living off of her name as we speak and it's like i don't find her that appealing as a movie you know star or anything like that but there are people who do i mean her work, her, work, her work is definitely uh dried up i mean i, I feel like anna taylor joy has taken the jennifer <laughs> lawrence role <laughs> and just ran, like, it just ran, it just kind of ran just kind of ran away with it you know she she's been but you know that's mainly because you know she's been doing really good projects you know she's she's they didn't make her the head of a uh, you know, huge franchise like the Hunger Games yet, but you know she's she's put in some some work. So yeah, it's now yeah, like I said, the movie star is mostly dead. It's and it's mainly about it's the work. 
you got to do the work. It's, like, mainly, it's mainly about is it, more more so than ever. It's about it's about being. I mean, right now the bar is actually pretty low. But simply like if you just respect the fans, you you can do well at this point. So it's just a matter of. But the project now matters more so than who's involved. Like it doesn't even matter. You can get complete unknowns, but if it's if it's really good, it'll ring out. Yeah, like look at look at it in the terms of gaming. So like you look at studios like Insomniac and Rocksteady, they put out quality superhero games, which is why their name is synonymous with quality superhero games. You can't do bad games and then expect your name to ring out. It's gonna well, not, ring out, but it's but, gonna ring out for bad reasons. But but, but well, game, gaming particularly is pretty fickle because not only does Insomniac still have ridiculous amounts of haters, but now people have just written off Rocksteady as one of the worst studios ever now because yeah. of a game that hasn't even come out yet. But that's that's a that's a pocket though. That's a pocket of the fan base where people are still, you know, like the, the pre-orders for you know Spider-Man 2 are, are crazy. Yeah, that, already. yeah the yeah the pocket of the haters in for Somnac are aren't relevant. The, the hype for Wolverine is, is unreal. Rock Rocksteady rock on the other hand that that does seem to be <laughs> bring it out pretty pretty well that's a suspect product and that's not the original rocksteady team i don't believe so no the founders like, literally left the project before it was even finished so yeah it's like you know it's like you people people are people are dumb but people aren't that dumb you know it's like you know you can do some stuff you can you know get a couple over on them but it's like you know at some point they're gonna lift that wool up like what's going on out here yeah, it's like there are a lot hey. of dumb people but consumers <laughs> have, have definitely gotten more more uh savvy to some to some degree and aren't just accepting all the slop that's shoved in front of their face especially since a lot a lot of it is just like taking them out like if you can just give them stuff to numb their brain then they'll just accept it but but when the product is like bad and also doesn't give them the benefit of escapism that's that's when you start getting pushback and it's like well oh no what's going on here it's like um you know it's just like i said i feel like it you really have to be intentional with what you sign on for and how this is going to impact your brand going forward because you don't just do one movie and then you can pick whatever project you want and it's going to be a success that's not how it works you have to consistently you know show up so it's like when when will smith struck while the iron was hot you got Men in Black, you got Wild Wild West, you got Independence Day, you got all of these movies, you know, Bad Boys, he, I he's robot. doing all of these projects. Yeah. Everything isn't a hit. Everything isn't the greatest thing ever, but a lot of them are. And it's like, this is why your name is ringing out. Then you get the Pursuit of Happiness and stuff like that. You get The Legend of Bagger Vance and it's like, you have to pick quality projects, <laughs> at least most of the time, to actually rank yourself up the ladder into hollywood you know royalty and it's like i i you know i don't want to over criticize you know anthony mackie's career or nothing like that but it's like sounds like you just like hate Ma anthony mackie personally it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just, it feels personal <laughs> it's coming at my man <laughs> coming at coming right at my man like he's just I, out, I, he's out I hated his decision to play tupac like that i don't okay, know who, who green lit that but it's like that was wild <laughs> But it's like, Fair. yeah, it's like you, you gotta, you know, what you choose to do outside of Marvel products matter. And you can't just blame people not being interested in your projects outside of that on, oh, well, they only want to see me as Falcon. Because one, a lot of people are racist and they don't even want that. 
especially now that you're Captain America. But you know, two, your your projects just aren't that interesting. It's like you know, with all these options of watching movies on pirate ships and on streaming apps and stuff like that, it's like, is this worth going to pay twenty dollars? Deal with you know nonsense in the theater with people acting a fool and coughing and you know all this other stuff. Is that worth it? Is Anthony Mackie's new movie worth all of that? We'll see. And most times, people go say no. We'll see when Twisted Metal makes two billion dollars at the box office. <laughs> Is that even going to theaters? Because I, I was under the impression that was going to streaming or something. That's actually going to theaters. I think so. Hold up. That's tough. Uh, wait, is it? <laughs> you really might hate it. I'll promise you, I don't, bro. It's not personal. I just, I'm just criticizing the take. That's all. Your career is your career. I know. Oh, never mind. I was going to Peacock. <laughs> okay, I was about to say like that. That seems like that's that's you asking for failure, putting that in there. <laughs> oh, that, couldn't even get it on Netflix. Holy, hey, you, it went with the it, Peacock. That's yeah, tough. I feel like you asking for a lot of um, the twisted metal <laughs> fan base on that. <laughs> I feel like I feel like there was more interest in a twisted metal remake or a sequel than the yeah. uh, a, a TV series. Like, I, I enjoyed those games with the best of them, but it's like, you, I'm not going to sit in the theater for that, especially not based on what I saw from that project so far. I was like, absolutely. Not. That, tra- that trailer, I, I did remember reacting to the trailer now. It was, I, I do remember it's kind of sus. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't know about this one, bro. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, your boy, uh, Tom Holland, he's trying to make, he, he's, he's going to new lifts to make a name for himself outside of Spider Man. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His uh, his uh, Uncharted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You you must have the same way. Um, his new movie is that he working on. <laughs> I can see about your face. You didn't. <laughs> I, I I I am aware of the I am aware of the Zendaya meme. I'm not aware of uh, Tom nah, Tom he, Holland. He's, a, he's in a new project and uh, he made some wild choices. But, uh, uh, I, I don't know about it. I know about the the Zendaya project that uh, people was talking about after they broke up. Apparently, but uh, how they broke up? Yeah, yeah, appar- yeah. Apparently, uh, they broke up. And I I only noticed because apparently Zendaya did a did a did a project where uh, she was. Uh, Getting personal with with a with a group or of some sort. Yeah, I saw those. Getting pictures. getting into them, some group activities, and people were memeing it by showing Tom by showing Tom Holland reacting. And he broke up with over that. Come on, bro, you an actor. You, you, gotta, you gotta. I don't know why. I, I don't know why they broke up, but but I just I just know they were just memeing Tom Holland because because of it. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, like I said, it's. That was a weird relationship, anyway. Like I, I get it, y'all did Spider Man together. It, 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 I, I never really I mean, bought that. I mean, it's, it's, it happens, you know. Act, actors, you know, they do a project, they do multiple projects. You know, they get, they get, you know, especially when they're love interest. You know, stuff sparks fly, and you know, they end up, and end up flying. You know, that's you know, the best example of that is uh, of all time so far is probably Mr. and Mrs. Smith. You know that. That literally that that one movie destroyed the the most famous marriage in the Western like, world. But even with him being Spider Man, like he's the the main star in those movies, it's just like in real life, it just feels like she's out of your league, bro. Like, <laughs> it's just it's just I just couldn't buy it. Like I I believe y'all taking publicity photos and stuff, but I don't think she's actually getting into it with you, bro. But uh, yeah. hopefully for his sake, I hope they at least did. 
you sound you sound you sound biased you're, but but it's because he's a shirt king no it's just king's that, i don't know it's like i never really bought into their chemistry like that it's just i don't i don't know maybe right. it's something to my eye oh they seem they seem cute together I, i'm not i'll i'll knock i'll knock it uh you know more power more power to you you know, good i mean they, they he had more chemistry with her than um what's buddy name who who does miles morales voice and across the spider-verse he was trying with Haley steinfeld that was going nowhere <laughs> <laughs> That man was dead on arrival. I I am looking forward to that uh, Miles Morales live action though. Um, are they doing that live action? They, they got are. Something. They are. Well, let's see. Um, oh well, it's Sony, so it, it's uh. It, hey, <laughs> I, I give Sony more credit than than what could. a lot of people give them because like we if, if Marvel had this, we wouldn't even see Miles Morales in anything. <laughs> like we wouldn't have yeah. a Miles Morales right now. Yeah, but I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping it's closer to the quality of, of the Spider Verse and not so so much uh, or Spider Man or uh, Raimi Spider Man one or two and not you know Morbius or Craven the Hunter. <laughs> yeah, don't don't do them like that. That that's I can say this it's tough. Like I said the animated animation department that's on the hats off to them. I heard they they work and they animate us to the bone a little bit. They might need to ease up on that. But as far as like you know, defining a product, they've they've been killing it. And oh yeah, masterpiece. Definitely are the reason I'm glad Marvel Disney doesn't own everything because it's like I don't want everything to be in the same vein as you know these Marvel Disney shows and stuff like that. Like the like the Netflix Disney shows, I really appreciated what those brought to the table, and those are miles <laughs> better than whatever yeah. Disney has been putting out. Show they're gonna guys. have to. They're gonna have to start licensing. I, I, I heard. I thought they were considering to start doing. Consider at least they were going to consider doing it again. They should. They, they yeah, gotta they, do something. Man. I, I, I'm, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know they might fold. I might. I think they're supposed to combine Disney Plus with Hulu. They're, def they're definitely going to have to do something with that with that with that app. I think they're going to end up trying to combine the two because I would watch. I refuse to buy Hulu, but if they would just put anime on the American Disney Plus, I would watch Disney Plus just for the anime. But they want to lock. They want to re. They want to lock it to overseas. <laughs> to overseas. So I'm <laughs> so I'm stuck with Mid Invasion. <laughs> I could only. I only watch. I, I gotta come up. I gotta come up and use a VPN just to just to watch anime on on Disney Plus that I'm paying for. Yeah, it's like they like the worst Netflix show was um you know Iron Fist and behind that the um the Defenders, but you know realistically that the both of those shows are better than what Marvel has been putting out. Oh, arguably, um, the Defenders that that's a hard case to make in, in some regards, like. I feel like they've made better shows than that. So like Captain and Captain Falcon or Captain Falcon, <laughs> Falcon and the Winter Soldier was better than that. But like Iron Fist was better, even as bad as that that show is, it's better than I will watch uh, that. Oh, I've never, uh, yeah, I've definitely way before Miss Marvel and uh, She Hulk and all that stuff. I definitely after watching Mid Invasion, I definitely have a, a greater appreciation for Iron Fist. <laughs> for. For sure, uh, I, I don't know why. Lloyd, I don't know why Lloyd thinks you didn't watch Jessica Jones. I, I feel like everybody, yeah, just, feel Jessica like every Jones, Marvel fans watch Jessica Jones. I would say season one was my favorite because they had Killgrave. Season two, I didn't enjoy very much, and then season three, 
they kind of brought it back around with the the whole serial killer angle. Um, the Trish, you know, character was a little annoying that season, but you know, I feel like overall it was a much stronger season this season too. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's a fair take. I, yeah, I enjoy. Yeah, I, yeah, Casual Avenger is is definitely a student of the game. He <laughs> he he will not talk about something that he's not familiar with he's he's very yeah, if I, if I didn't watch it I, I got nothing to say whatever you say it is <laughs> that's what it is <laughs> yeah, yeah it feels like that's a weird one to question someone watching like jessica jones was like super popular <laughs> like, like like that was like the peak of, of marvel tv like jessica jessica jones daredevil everyone every every yeah. time every time netflix popped up with a marvel show everyone was there the only thing that confused us was was Iron Fist. We was like, "What? What happened?" Like, yeah, that was, that's how you could tell when they cutting uh, corners because they cut the corners with that. Y'all didn't pay for an actual choreographer. Y'all didn't pay to get that man some training. Y'all, we cut a lot of corners, and it's like it shows the finished yeah. product doesn't lie. But but I, I take that back in a second <laughs> over 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 what over most of what we got for Disney Plus for sure. One hundred one hundred percent. It's been. It's been brutal, but I mean, I, I can't even say I have hope. Like my the only the only the only, the only Marvel project I have hope for right now is Deadpool three, and that's probably getting delayed to twenty twenty five because of the strike. So uh, I'm not. Hopefully, thinking. hopefully the delay helps them. You know, hopefully whenever they come back, they actually have writers available so they can tighten up that script. Because I'm I'm worried about the script being written while during a, a writer strike. Because I know somebody getting a they AI chat on <laughs> yeah, to fill well, in them gaps. Well, well, I was reading up on that on that, and I I did hear that the the main production delay is from the fact that the actors are on strike and they can't film. But they they wrote they took they pulled a James Gunn. They wrote and turned in the script before the writer strike went live. So so technically so technically they're good on on that end, but. Now, because of the actors' strike, they just can't film anything. Yeah, that's like I said. I, I get it. I respect. Um, I, I rock with the actors, you know, and the writers. You know, get get your money. I, I wouldn't work under those conditions. I wouldn't work, you know, for less than what I'm worth. So, yeah, three, I, I can't expect you to do the same, especially not because I just want to watch a movie. It's like do it when that, you do it. It's definitely a Marvel thing because I I know I've heard from a lot of different creatives that. DC, for all their faults, not only do they pay residuals well, but they actually don't stiff their artists. <laughs> like, like I've heard all sorts of stuff about Marvel just not paying people at all, or paying them super late, and paying them not what they're worth, and trying to figure out ways to nickel and dime them and get out of it. It's, it's, it's bad. Like It's definitely a, a uniquely Marvel Disney thing. Yeah, it's like getting a four hundred dollar check for writing a Disney Plus show. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like that they spent tens of millions of dollars on. I mean, the show. I'm sure the show. And that's the other. That's the other issue because there's no, there's not enough transparency on the streaming stuff. Like, if it was on network TV, you can you can maybe you can see the numbers. Judge yeah. judge those metrics because it's a lot more transparent. But we're streaming. Are we know a lot of people talked about she off on Twitter every week but we know not many people were actually watching it but we don't know quite the extent of it we know it dropped off pretty rapidly the, the numbers but we don't know all the metrics how they measure everything and uh-huh. they're not and they're 
and they're willing to not tell us and keep it that way. So it's just like, so it's like, how much is this worth? How much we know they're spending, we know they're spending big money on these projects, but the return is, you know, not there apparently, or there's definitely some funny accounting. I feel like if they just clean up the, the reshoots and the mismanagement, they, they can save a lot of money right there. And pay and pay some of that to the writers and and the actors. And they they might need to put some lawyers together and get them on that because it's like that 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 leaves a lot of wiggle room for you know just fraud because it's like bro if you're not gonna tell me this this TV show is just doing so bad to justify four hundred dollar checks and then we actually get the numbers and see I was due for at least yeah. ten thousand. It's like all right, yeah, we now need, I'm suing you for millions because that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we need we need some actual auditing one, and we're because we saw the, the Amazon CEO start talking about yeah, we're going to start auditing to see you know, how we're spending money on on this product because because despite all the cap. Uh, Rings of Power <laughs> did not do well. <laughs> we they they weren't fooling they weren't fooling anybody. They did their best, but they're not fooling anybody. That that thing was a flop. So and they spent a billion. That's a billion. They spent a billion dollars on that. So they're like, so they're doing some. They're not even Amazon is doing some accounting. So I know part of the problem with Sheog is that they had writers that didn't understand how to write CGI. So with CGI in mind, so they had to like rewrite stuff. And they were like, "Oops, well, we we forgot we have to do this again." So that means y'all have to take the CGI and do a like that. That was part of the issue. Like you put people on a project that didn't work with a big budget show before, didn't didn't know you know how to write with CGI in mind, didn't even know how to write a, a comedy with a or a comedy or a legal product. <laughs> so he just was like. He's like, at the end of the day, you gotta look at the studio. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's wild, man. It's like I said, it's it's honestly just sad to see. And it's like, you can't blame superhero fatigue for everything. And it's like, honestly, superhero fatigue is coming and going because it magically goes away when good projects come out. Because people will still go see a good superhero movie. It just has to be a good movie. You know? It also doesn't help when you accuse people of being big bigots or or phobes because they didn't see a, a movie like <laughs> so or 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 a show it's like it's like you you promote you you promote it like oh if you don't if you don't see this if you don't see this if you're this per, this group because this is not for you and then when they don't see it, it's like why didn't you see it dig it <laughs> it's like it's like what are, it's like what are you doing and then it, it magically goes away when when it's the first pro when it's the first cast that's actually but it's actually good <laughs> like, like yeah, it's, it's like you you got you know honestly i just feel like marvel's one good project for the year is going to be guardians i don't know how the marvels is going to perform but it's we, like, we know we know how the marvels going to perform <laughs> that's what i'm saying it's like that's where you know boycotting this stuff comes it's not, going, it's not it's not even going to be a boycott it's just going to be like we don't we don't want this <laughs> <laughs> It's not even going to be a controversy. It's just going to be like, no, we just don't want it. <laughs> and it's like, I think they honestly need to show some restraint on the turnaround between stuff coming from theaters going straight to streaming. It's like, if you know you can just wait like 30 days and you just watch it at home, what's yeah. the point? You wait another 30 days, you don't even have to pay for it. You just watch it on Disney Plus or yeah, one of the streaming apps. It's like, now, and okay. and, and, that, and that's part, and that's another side effect of the stuff underperforming. Because 
because when it when it's not hitting at the box office, that's then that's when they become in a rush to try to recoup some of that by being like, okay, well, we 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 flop. All right, this ain't this ain't hitting the box office, so let's try to get this on video on demand as soon as possible, so we can make some of that money back, and then we can put it on the streaming service. Hopefully, get some subs off of that. That's that's kind of that's kind of thinking. I, I feel like yeah, I feel like tomorrow is definitely going to be a on Disney Plus within two months <laughs> type of. Type of deal, <laughs> type of deal, bro. Like I said, that's there's nobody fault but their own. And like I said, DC, this is the perfect time to you know kind of surpass Marvel because they don't they don't have any clear direction. You don't know what's really going on over there. There's no real excitement for a lot of their their upcoming projects outside of like Deadpool. It's like you could have knocked it out of the park with the Flash and really built up anticipation for what's next in your universe. Let's be honest. Like, let's be honest. They couldn't have the Flash was dog water. <laughs> yeah, so then it's like, you, yeah, you hyped it up like you know James Gunn gassed it up for no reason. There, it's yeah. like oh, there was there was no bro, scenario. Like, you could after actually, after actually seeing that movie, there was no scenario under which that would have been a hit. Like they, they might as well just gave that the Batwoman treatment. <laughs> like um like Blue Beetle. Oh, he's going to be the first hero in the DCU, even though the DCU doesn't exist until Superman's movie. So he exists in a universe that doesn't exist. It's like, what are we doing over there, bro? Like you could have just threw him in the flash for a quick cameo or something. Like, do something that makes sense. Nothing or about this makes sense. I I thought the I thought would have made the most sense if they were doing this is would have just been like, okay. Says Flashpoint is going to be rebooting everything. Just make it the last movie of the year. Make 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 Blue Beetle make Blue Beetle have Blue Beetle come out, then Aquaman, and then have the Flash close out the year. And the only thing that carries over is Blue Beetle, and you know now that paves the way for Superman to come and all this other stuff. It's it's, it's like it's it's not hard when you're actually thinking. So it's like that shows me how little thinking is actually going on over there, and it's like, why? Like, what? What are we doing? Like, what? What? What is going on? What? What has you so under the gun that you can't take a second to realize what we're doing doesn't make sense? Uh, that's a that's quite an understatement. The the Flash went through six directors and forty seven writers, and it feels like it. It looked like it. Yeah, like. <laughs> That's 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 the and and you can't you can't blame the writers for that. You can't you know that you, you think that's why you're over budget. You think that's why you're losing money. Why do you need that many writers? Why do you need that many directors? Why do you need this many reshoots? I'm gonna put you on the spot. How do you feel about Amazing Spider-Man Two? They were all bad movies. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's just a great spider. Like that's, that's the that's the unfortunate thing. Like. Toby, Toby McGuire had the best two movies. For he had two great movies, one terrible one that at least was was uh, redeemed by being unintentionally funny. Yeah. Andrew, I thought was the best actor. Had he was the best Spider-Man, but the writing was absolute dog water on all of his, on all of his movies. And then Tom Holland, he he had uh, he had a he had a deep. He he didn't have a strong identity as Spider Man because they you know they had Robert Downey basically carry him in the first in, in the first one he, like he kept going from father father figure to father figure it didn't really he didn't really become into his own until the third one but 
the movies were overall pretty pretty good he didn't have a single overall bad one like no no way home was half a bad movie but the the other half was amazing i thought i thought homecoming was really good but third act was kind of weak and i thought far from home was just overall really good and i i I feel like far from home was underrated i don't know why people i see people say far from home is bad because it to me it's just overall just good it 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 what it, it's not you know amazing but it does have amazing moments like it had had a good had a good had a good first act a good a decent second act and a really good third act and one of the best mcu villains i don't i don't, I don't, I don't really understand the hate the hate for it it's just weird to me yeah i think it's you know his personality in that movie specifically so it's like spider-man who is a character who should be primarily about responsibility and far from home is like none of that is really present in his personality like this dude is breaking his neck trying to get out of responsibility and it's like I, that 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 kind of shows a disconnect between you know yeah. and it's well, like the movie could yeah. better explain that you yeah, know. Be- yeah because but because tom holland this is a it's not it's an origin story but it's not an origin story because they, they, he's a ch- he's still a he's still a child like toby you know, Toby, he had his origin story, but Toby was like 40 <laughs> when, he started, when, he, when he started. Andrew, Andrew made him very much grown. Like Tom Holland was supposed to be a teenager and they very much make make it clear that he is a teenager. Yeah, but it's inconsistent writing across film. So it's like in Civil War, you allude, you allude to the fact that, you know, whatever happened around the time that he got his powers instilled him with a sense of responsibility so all oh, when the bad things happen and you don't do anything about it then they happen because of you so you have a sense of responsibility toward mm-hmm. putting on the suit going out there trying to help people yep. and then you go into your own movie and now your motivation is just to be an avenger you don't really care about helping small people as much as i want to say i'm a part of the avengers and then you learn a lesson by the end of the movie oh i don't want to be in the avengers anymore infinity war comes around oh i'm an avenger mr stark you know what i'm saying it's like you're you're whiplashing wildly across the movies like to the point where people don't even know if you have spider sense or not i think i don't think that part is i think it's i think it fit well with the personality like he's this is still very much a kid who's swept up out and i felt they did a great job of of bridging that civil war to home to homecoming because when we see him in civil war yeah he's he's helping you know helping tony but he's calling but he's still mr stark in civil war he's still you know cracking jokes and every, everything because he's he's still super excited even though this is a very serious situation because he's a kid and they reflect that in homecoming he's a kid he's he's grappling with these responsibilities he's starstruck to you know be involved with tony stark and it's not necessarily that he wants to be an avenger it's that he wants tony's approval because tony is like a father figure to him so he so the whole the movie is about him trying to prove himself to tony and his and him having to learn the hard way that it's that you have to focus on just being the best version of yourself you know no don't try to don't try to deal don't try to be someone don't try to be tony stark don't try to be iron man don't try to just focus on 
you know, being you and under and understanding that, you know, your time will come. Don't rush things. And by the end of it, he did. He did learn that lesson the hard way by dealing by dealing with the obstacles and overcoming everything. And then there, we got a continuation of that. I feel like and and no way and no way and no way home to a degree. But I mean, in a far from home to a degree. But he's also that that was also a movie where he was also dealing with grief because. You know, Tony, he, he still had a lot to learn from Tony, and then he lost his father figure. And then here here comes another one <laughs> right right in there to uh to fill that void, and then he gets betrayed. <laughs> so he's still so yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like I get all of that. It just you know, that doesn't feel very much like Spider-Man to a lot of people who are used to like either the nineties, you know, cartoon Spider-Man yeah, or sure. Spider-Man, you know, from the Tobey Maguire movies, you want Spider-Man to stand on his own, essentially. And that's never essentially what you got with Tom Holland, Spider-Man. Until and the end. Because, because the, the issue is that the Spider-Man we often get portrayed is that this is a complete Spider-Man. Whereas they just straight up said, okay, we're going to start with him as a, as a kid, and he's going to act like a kid, and this is basically going to be him growing up, you know, in the... Yeah. And the the movies even themselves are themed like that, you know the home, you know home home homecoming, you know the the high the high school theme, you know then far far from home and then no way home where where he finally you know becomes that Spider Man because he he find he finally you know he he lo- loses Aunt May and he understands the weight of proper responsibility and restraint and sacrifice you know that's right. so it's, it's like essentially you're you're trying to do the same thing twice because like i said in civil war you alluded to that being a part of his origin like this is why you put the suit on but then in your own movies it's like you don't have this life lesson so i don't think, I don't think it was that a, learning this I, th- I don't think it was that apparent in civil war if in civil war it felt if he still felt very much like an inexperienced kid who was just yeah, kind of happy who was just yeah. happy to be who was just happy to be there yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like when he asked specifically, "Why are you putting on this suit, jumping in front of cars, and saving people?" You implied a sense of responsibility there, as if this lesson had already been learned. And then when you're watching Homecoming and Far From Home, without knowing what No Way Home is actually going to be, it feels like there's an unclear vision for this Spider-Man, and it doesn't feel anything like what you want Spider-Man or what you know Spider-Man to be, which is where a lot of the frustration came from with the character, and then No Way Home curtails it and like, oh, well, Aunt May is going to be his Uncle Ben. That's going to be his lesson of responsibility. And then Toby and Andrew kind of shape him into that responsible standalone Spider-Man that you get by the end. So it's like by the, you know, the final product is like, okay, I see we didn't, we went a different route to get to the same way or the same place. We just took a different, you know, you know, interesting route and stuff like this. It's interesting looking back on it, but when you're in the midst of it, it's hard to see. Yeah, because they because they essentially just want they're essentially just telling a coming of age story across three you know technically partially four movies. Like he was still he obviously was still very much you know motivated to save people, but he was also very much a kid. And I and I thought that was consistent across Civil War and Homecoming. Like yeah, he's there. Yes, he 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 goes out to save people and. And be the friendly neighborhood Spider Man, but he's also a kid who can easily get swept up in all this stuff with, you know, being on the same battlefield as Captain America and Black Widow and Iron 
in Iron Man and everything like that. Yeah, so, and I, yeah. I, I think, um, you know, like I said, people are just rooted in what they yeah. want Spider-Man yeah, to be. Yeah, because they because they wanted they wanted the Spider-Man Homecoming to be the end of No Way Home Spider-Man. They wanted they want because we've seen Spider-Man's origin so many times. Yeah, people just wanted that established Spider-Man, and Marvel wasn't interested in that. They wanted to build up their own Spider-Man over the course of a trilogy and eventually got there and we'll see how spider-man 4 goes i uh, i have hopes for it you know we'll see we'll see yeah, if it's I'm, I'm i'm with it you know like i said no way home definitely built up a lot of anticipation to see where you go from here because we're clearly on the stage to go in a completely fresh direction but familiar so it's like it, he'll feel more familiar to what you know spider-man to be or that's what, what the expectation is but we can we can go on a completely new adventure because this is a new universe but somewhere in another universe somebody that you know they got toby Maguire as spider-man in civil war and the new trilogy with toby Maguire. <laughs> and i'm I got to develop some I'm technology so, to get to that universe. I'm so shocked they didn't announce. They didn't jump right on that. Like, I'm, like if I like after No Way Home, I would have I would have been at Toby and Andrew's door with a fresh contract <laughs> and a, with a generous sign of bonus. Like here, Tasm Taz Three, Spider Man Four. <laughs> Give Toby a new trilogy. Give um Andrew Garfield pair him up with Venom, and you can do your Sinister Six stuff. Or whatever you know, Morbius. Craven, do whatever you want. I honestly feel bad saying that about Andrew because it's like that's please, gonna be terrible. That's please, that's don't, please don't do that. Please don't do terrible. that, to Andrew. But just just pay him, pay him fairly, and let him do that. And whatever it is, it'll uh, be that. Uh, but um, <laughs> I, I was I was honestly excited about the that um in credit scene um for Venom too when he saw Tom Holland on the TV and stuff, and then he got put in the universe. I'm like. I'm interested in this. And then you immediately threw him right back to his universe. And, you know, Marvel was like, but we're going to keep a drop of that symbiote over here. So it's like, you swindled Sony a little bit and you, <laughs> you built up hype for no reason. <laughs> but it's like, at least we, we can go somewhere interesting with it. So it's like, I'm fine like with that because I'm not a fan of that Venom, especially the <laughs> especially direction it took in and Venom too. Like, uh, I'm good. I'm good on that for now. <laughs> I like, I like. I like Venom, their, their version of Venom. I, I feel like that's fun and interesting enough. I'm not so f fond of, of Tom Hardy's, you know, you know, neurotic, you know, version of Eddie Brock. Like I'm, I'm kind of tired of every character in every movie being that. And it's like, you know, just no. And then it's like now we're hearing, you know, Eddie Brock main is is not going to be Venom in Insomnia Spider Man. It's like why is why what's wrong with Eddie Brock, bro? Like why are we getting down on Eddie Brock? First he got cast as Toe for Grace, and then it's oh, like oh. we get crazy Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock, and now uh, Eddie Brock isn't going to be the Venom. Hopefully by the end of the story, I mean, by the end credits, maybe, scene, Eddie Brock gets the symbiosis. Yeah, we don't we don't we don't know exactly how Insomniac is going to do it. They're, I mean, they could go full Arkham Knight and be like, surprise. Or, you know, like my theory, they could do anti-Venom or they can, for Eddie, or they can like, have him be like, they, they can tease him becoming Venom at the end, like like you said, in like a post-credit scene or uh -huh. something like that. There are a lot yeah, of I, I, there are a lot of ways they could take that. I agree, Nava. Um, Venom One was acceptable. Venom Two, you you played me. You let me down with Carnage. But um, yeah, yeah they, they they fumbled Carnage. 
yeah um it was great chilling with you tonight bro i gotta take a break i am dying in this room <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally I'm, suffocating i'm very i'm very comfortable except except i've been sitting for a while so we it's def, <laughs> definitely a good time to wrap it up jay's usually peeing by now anyway so so hope uh everyone had a had a fun show it was, it was nice uh thanks to everyone for hanging out as usual hope jay shock Blast and the wife enjoy their billion dollar cruise it looks like looks like a lot of fun uh when he when he comes back we'll have we'll we'll, ske- we'll we'll schedule our special celebrity guests for for when he comes back and we'll and we'll get and we'll get into that and next we'll we'll see if he's back by next week because we're going to have a lot to talk about with the uh, comic-con going down on on thursday at least the the comic-con event that everyone cares about going down on thursday <laughs> the rest the rest probably oh we, we might get some surprises so i'll keep an eye out i'll be we'll be covering it so uh, look out! Be on lookout for that, and uh, be on lookout for Casual Avengers' eventual return to YouTube. Whenever he's he's going to be, I hear I hear a rumor that he's going to be doing uh, deep dish essays. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm still working on that. I, like I said, this this scheduling stuff is is tough. Every time I feel like I got something figured out, I get thrown the curveball. So, well, wherever it is, we'll support you. Appreciate everyone. Uh, well, J Shock Blast isn't here, but we'll still do the thing. I'm Sadat the Gamer. Casual Avenger. I'm J Shock Blast. <laughs> <laughs> zip it up and zip it out. Peace. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful.